30-minute reviews, beware of spoilers, and exploring hyperspace lanes are all available ad-free. But if you want to support the show, you can go to bewareofspoilers.com and click the support button that's available on the Spotify website. Thank you. Welcome to 30-Minute Reviews. I am Adam. I'm Peter. And it is the 8th anniversary episode. Um, We were going to do a Pokemon-related thing, but I couldn't figure out how to get it to work. Um, Mm. That was the... Remember, I I voiced this a few months ago where I was like, why don't we do something with, like, the randomizer? And then, like, we do, like, a point system. But it was too complex, and I was like, this is not worth the effort to figure out how to do, and then translating it to audio may not have been the best idea either. So That's true, too. You would have to describe. Yeah, describe everything going on. Even though I think for the modding community, Ruby and Sapphire is probably the most Mm -hmm. well-known. But I don't know how well that would have translated. So we're doing this instead. Um, We are doing our top 10 movies of all time. Um, Do you want to do a quick check-in on the draft, though? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Because I did update it today. Um, and now the, the the strikes might screw that all up more for you than for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I only have one movie that hasn't been released yet, and that's Blue Beetle. Um, and and I feel more, like yeah, half of mine or most of mine are. <laughs> yeah, you weird. have you have Fast X came out, which gave you a Metacritic score of fifty five and a box office score of seventy, and you had Oppenheimer come out with oh, yeah, eighty eight Metacritic. Which, it's lower than I'm, I, I, that would be about where I would put the movie, like a seven mm-hmm. or eight, but I'm surprised it's that low for Metacritic because I, it's getting such a like, universal praise. Because when you picked it, I thought I said, like, I thought that, like, because Dunkirk did like 94 on Metacritic, and I'm like, that's probably where I would situate this, but still 88 is really good. I, it's mm-hmm. the highest of anyone on here. Uh, I like Dunkirk Bob. more than Oppenheimer. Yeah, I think Dunkirk, I think the way they do, they play with the timelines a little bit cleaner in Dunkirk. It's more interesting to time things in Dunkirk, because it, yeah. it's like a mechanic, and it, it's like there's rules to it. The right. Oppenheimer one just feels more random, just like, oh, don't get bored in this scene. Here's another right. scene. Um, and, and 43, which is a lot higher than I would have thought it would have done at the box office. It's already at almost 500 million in three weeks yeah, that's really, that's really for, for an r-rated biopic that's three hours long about the guy yeah. who made the atomic bomb i don't think anyone thought it was going to do that high um and they only show one atomic bomb too yeah um for me um and, and you also had evil dead rise which capped out but that's your that's your extra so in the event that the marvels or dune gets delayed um mm-hmm. you that would sub into one of your slots but uh evil dead rise you have 69 on the metacritic and 14 on the box office which let's not poo poo it only doing 140 million it costs like 10 million to make so that's a huge yeah because it, it was filmed for streaming wasn't it yeah well that's the thing it's like that was filmed for streaming um Ma- uh, magic Ma- uh, magic mike um last dance was filmed for streaming that's funny um and blue beetle was shot for for max but blue beetle has a 125 million dollar budget that it's nowhere near gonna make back um but yeah and i have guardians 3 which is done it's on disney plus now 64 metacritic 84 box office um that's pretty good 
uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, um, 81 Metacritic, 45 box office, which underperformed by a lot. Um, yeah, that, that did, did not do as well as I thought it was going to. Well, I think the issue is Paramount did a really shitty job this year picking release dates. Mm-hmm. Because every movie they put out this year has been the week before another major release. Yeah, and now things are like, it, it was $24 for me to see Oppenheimer. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that twice a week, or I mean, twice a month, really. Just get AMC A-list. That's what I do. I pay $21 a month, and I see three movies a week. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I like, I don't know, the closest theater to me is Regal, though. So uh, Well, Regal has something like that, but it's more expensive, and you got to pay upcharges and service fees. And they might go bankrupt. They're, they might go away soon. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but, like, the thing was, it's like, they've had three major releases Paramount this year. They had Dungeons and Dragons, which mm-hmm. they put in the middle of March, which was oddly stacked this year uh, for yeah. no reason, because it came out right before Mario. Uh, they had yeah. Transformers, which came out the week before The Flash, which The Flash didn't do great, but it was enough to dethrone it. And then they had Mission Impossible, which was the week before Barbie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was just poor decision making on their part. Um then the biggest one of the biggest flops of the year for, for me indiana jones and the dial of destiny uh with a 58 oh, metacritic yeah. and 35 box office it's it it's yeah. made back its production budget at least but it's not going to turn a profit i think i called that when you chose it yeah <laughs> during the draft i was like there's yeah. no way this is going to be good at all and i think yeah. you defended it because isn't it the same director as like logan or something yeah it is <laughs> yeah. james mangled and he's great <laughs> Like, hey, they can't all be winners. No, they can't. I mean, look, I mean, unless you're Christopher Nolan, in which case, Tenet's your, your bad one. But, like... That's true, yeah. Like, this is, like, set up perfectly for that, because it's like, we're taking an old guy that you love from, you know, your childhood. We're going to have him continue to be old, and we're going to have him do that. The movie's just awful, though. Um, yeah. Well, it's good they didn't go far enough with it. He's, yeah. he's still being Indiana Jones. Yeah, it, it's is... so weird. A bunch and of like car that chases. opening sequence is so stupid. Like the the opening sequence, because he's hunting the sword of the the lance of Longinus, and it has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. Yeah, like it's just dumb. Uh, and my my other one that's done is uh, Super Mario movie, which forty six. That was a good one, right? Yeah, but that that capped out. We we cap out at a hundred for box office, mm-hmm. um, so it capped out. It broke a billion. Um, and then I also had Spider Verse as my alternate with eighty six Metacritic and sixty eight box office um so right now i'm winning but three of yours haven't gone yet um and they must still might not well i think i think hunger games is still gonna go i don't think oh, Lions okay. Gates moving any of their releases i don't think I, i'm thinking now dune probably doesn't move that's good I mean, um because that's what i'm yes, hoping for yesterday i saw uh meg 2 um which you don't have to anyone out there you do not have to see meg 2 it's not a good movie um mm-hmm. it they did show the dune trailer which was kind of the best part of the entire screening um, yeah, that 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 second trailer for Dune Two is one of the best trailers of the last decade, I would say. Yeah, like, I saw it in IMAX for Oppenheimer. They played yeah. the Dune, and yeah, it was it was so good. I think it's better than any of the trailers for the first one. Yes, because the, the first one did the stereotypical new trailer thing where they do a remix, slow down classic rock song. Yes, over all the action scenes, and I, I was kind of disappointed in that. So I, this one actually was like a real trailer. And I think we addressed it too the last time we, we talked about this, but like the first trailer for Dune Part 1, which is just Dune, but the first trailer for that, 
it ends with him and and Jessica looking down in fear at the sandworm. And I like that the first teaser is him riding the sandworm. Yeah. And then this second one is just, it, it looks like they're trying to go for scale. They're like, this is going to be as big as like a Lord of the Rings fight scene at the end. And I'm like, I'm, I'm here for this. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool ships too. They definitely the emperor. They showed a lot of stuff from like the end of the movie too. Yeah, like the the attacking the emperor and the him and um, Fade's uh, fight. Well, I think the thing is, it's like because I, I guess I just reread the first book within the last month, and I think that one of the things that Villeneuve did really well was kind of break up the book, where there's a lot mm. of stuff in the first half of the book that wasn't in the first half of the movie, but it belongs the way he told the story in the second half of the movie if that yeah makes especially because it's better to introduce especially fade and yeah the, like the count and those people it's like fade it. they introduce in chapter two and it's like but it's not needed there and it's like all you're doing by putting that in part one is bumping up your cast bumping up your uh your cost for production design and visual effects if you move it to the second half you can just backload all of that um and, yeah, and the, you don't have to, the I think I think the only thing he's moving vote like up is the the emperor because in the the books the you don't the emperor is not in the in anything until the very last chapter pretty right. much, but uh, he's definitely going to be in like the beginning of the movie I think. Yeah, um, I think Florence Pugh is great as Irulan, um, and I think the Marvels may stick to. Um, That's good, but you do have one slight issue with the Marvels being where it is. Um, because Disney delayed the Marvels to the week after Dune, it will mm. not be playing in IMAX. Oh, because Dune has exclusive. Dune has exclusive, exclusive for like three to. I think it's. I want to say it's six weeks, but it might be three. But Dune has exclusive IMAX rights, and I don't know how big of an impact IMAX has on the overall box office. But ah, the dog is barking. Um. <laughs> I don't know how much of an impact it has on that because look, there's still like 9 million other types of theaters that are doing premium formats now, like Dolby and, um, and like laser and stuff like that. But I think the Marvels is going to fizzle out quick. I think, because I think the big movie this fall is going to be hunger games. Huh? I, 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 that'd be interesting. I'm so, I'd be surprised. That's well. It's not really. It's running kind of unopposed because I don't think it has the same target audience as Wish, which is the other big movie in November. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, I forgot like, about that. Because like Hunger Games is the last big movie before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvels is gonna be front loaded, like all Marvel movies have been recently. They've been very front loaded, and then they very quickly fizzle out, except for Guardians. Um, and Dune, I Dune is such a wild card in terms of how well it's going to do at the box office because it's like the first one didn't do well, but how much of that was day and date release with Max? Yeah, that's yeah, because they, they that was like right at the end of COVID, kind of. Yeah, because it was one of the last movies they did day and date for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't think we're getting Aquaman this year because they didn't oh, yeah. put out a trailer for it this week. Because like, is there is there a better movie to couple a trailer for Aquaman with? than Meg to the Trench. That's very, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I mean, I could see them holding off two weeks and trying to pair it with Blue Beetle, but how many people are going to go see Blue Beetle opening weekend? Yeah, like, I have no idea. It's I keep seeing commercials for it, so at least they're advertising it. Yeah, but. I, I think if it does more than $12 million in its opening weekend, that's a win for them, because I think no one gives a crap about this movie. Um, no, it looks... it. it looks so strange like i don't know i have i already 
usually don't like most superhero movies, yeah. and this one doesn't seem interesting at all. It looks like Venom. That's that's my problem with it. Is it looks like Venom. it's like Venom and Iron Man put together. Yes. Um, I mean, look, I I always root for them. I don't root against a movie to be. I don't want a movie to be bad because I'm going to see it anyway, and I don't want to waste my time sitting in a theater yeah, on a yeah. shitty movie. It's but much like, better seeing a good movie. Yeah, and it's better for everyone if we have a lot of good movies than a bunch of. We've had a lot of really shitty movies this year. Um, yes. Because I was going through my list when I was looking. I keep a running list this year. Um, and as clearly as there's a top 10 best, there's a very clear top 10 worst. And mm-hmm. Jason Statham's in two of them. What's the other one besides the uh, Operation Fortune. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it was a Guy <laughs> Ritchie movie that was supposed to come out last year, but the bad guys were Ukrainian terrorists, so they delayed it a year. Uh... <laughs> um, and then they reshot it on the fly to kind of cut that out, and the movie mm-hmm. is awful. Um, but yeah, so I, I do have, so for the top 10, we did adjust and Josie might join us. Um, I gave her advance notice. We're going to be doing this at one o'clock today, Eastern time. And she said, I'll try. And then I texted her and she never replied. So (laughs) knowing her, she could pop, I sent her a link. She could pop up. I can't guarantee it. Um, but who knows? Um, we will see if she does. So for the top 10 movies. We both ran into this issue, I think, where the movies that we picked are so varied in genre and like everything about them that give it yeah. wrecking it ten like ten to one is a difficult task. Um because they're all so different. Yeah. Um so what we did for this instead was we alphabetized. Did you alphabetize? Do you want to do release here? I can do it either way. Um we can do. You could yeah. Let's do. We can just do alphabetical. That okay. that's more fun than release date because then it's yeah more random. I I can yeah I can do it very quickly. Okay, so I have um because I I can do it. And num- numbers come before letters, right? If we're doing it alphabetical. Um. Yes, I I didn't encounter that though. I have one that it, it's a number. Um. So did did we both averaged up our our uh, our year? Uh, yes. Our average release year. What was yours? I don't think you told me. My average was 1999. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mine was 93. Ah, that's um, a very good year. Because <laughs> I have one that came out. I was hesitant to do it, but I had one that came out last year, and I had one that came out in 1939, which totally throws everything off mm-hmm. um, in both directions. Um, so do you want to go first with your number one? Do you want me to go first while you reorder yours? Uh, I could go first. I, I definitely have my first one. Okay. Um, I also have a few honorary mentions. Okay. Uh, but maybe we can do that at the end. Yeah, we'll do that at the end. Okay. So my first one is a 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. I was like, what see, that's number, the number one could he have? Okay, I see it now. Yes, and that that's from Stanley Kubrick in 1968, the year before we went to the moon, because obviously this is the movie showing him practicing. Yes. For what he, when when he filmed without the this moon movie, uh, my favorite with that is he's he did film the moon landing, but he's such a perfectionist. He had to shoot it on location. That's more yeah. That well, that's more believable than <laughs> him faking the moon. Yeah. Um. But I love this movie. It's very slow, and I I think a lot of people people go into. I think a lot of people have this perception of it's this like crazy psychedelic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you watch this movie, it it's like two hours and 45 minutes of very slow um 
like a lot of weird droning, like long shots. Mm-hmm. Then the last 15 minutes are just this weird psychedelic thing. Um, yeah, I love that movie. I didn't even think about that one. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's one of the best science fiction movies. Uh, all the effects are so good. They're all obviously practical, but they even today they hold up. They they look yeah. amazing. Um, it, it's the story is interesting, and it it's very it leaves a lot of things up in the air, so you can interpret it. There's a lot of little details to find. Very, I think it's very re- rewatchable. Um, yeah, I, what you say rewatch? I haven't watched it in close to 10 years yeah i i love it but i can understand it's three it's like three hours see that's long. the thing is it, it's like for a lot it's of movies very for me, slow it's, like i can i can deal with slow it's slow and long mm-hmm. is once you have the time investment it's like i'm not gonna and, and i hate saying that because it's like there was just a huge debate about people complaining about length in video game reviews where it's like someone reviewed ratchet and clank rift apart and it's like <laughs> it's good but i can't recommend it because it's only 10 hours at 60 dollars, and it's like it's not that bad for a 10 hour game like it but yeah. like that's a professional a... like reviewer playing it which yeah probably just in general probably play those games faster and they get it for free too so it's like but like when i i i, I do want to go back and rewatch this movie because it's like like you said a lot of the effects hold up so well um and i think that that is yeah. entirely because like because that's like the the this movie came out I think the same year as Planet of the Apes and yes. both of them uh, show ape costumes. Mm-hmm. The reason the that two other one didn't win the Oscar for best effects was because they thought he used real apes in the movie. That's how good the costumes were. Yeah, that it's like, and I forget Planet of the Apes does not hold up as well. Like no, it, they, it, they are like humanoid bad. apes. Yeah, so it's it, not I guess bad. That's a little bit different. But it's just yeah. it doesn't hold up. Like you can you can see the actors under the costume. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's such a dumb reason for it to not win the Oscar because it's like it's still an effect shot if you're training a chimp to be able to act. Like that is true, yeah. And all his other the ship effects and space they they all look amazing. And actually, another thing that's common with a lot of my picks is they're based off of books. And I, I've read all the 2001 books, and they're all very good. And if you want, if you are confused by the movie, the books clearly spell out everything that's going on in the movie too. I don't think Even the movie's all... that confusing. I think I think that the movie's pretty not. I think forward, just the, but it's the very end. Um, yes. With like what's going on with all the monoliths and he's going through portals and he's more in this weird room. Well, all that's very. It's like this is what, exactly what's going on. Oh, okay. Um, and in the books and like what the monoliths are and. Is it even in the in the beginning with the chimps and things and the monkeys? That's all from a first person perspective, so you actually have the thoughts of the apes and things, mm-hmm. or the the cavemen basically. And then Nolan ripped a lot of that off for Interstellar. Yeah, well, I guess or it's an homage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he would say, uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't think he would say he ripped it off. I think that that's, <laughs> that's me editorializing, but yeah, but it is especially where they're trying to connect the ships together again and all the. The space yeah. parts. The, the whole thing in the Tesseract at the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I yeah. think, uh, but uh, because it's Nolan, he over-explains the yes, Tesseract. It is uh, way too, it, like... I can't imagine at the end of 2001 when he's going through the portal, and, and you just hear a voiceover, and it's like, this is what's actually going on. <laughs> well, like, Let me explain it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll pause with this. Is that Nolan or is that Modern Audiences? That's so true. That, I, maybe he recognizes what audiences want. 
Right, because like at that, by the time Interstellar came out, it was what twenty fifteen, and by that yeah. point, it's I I think people don't have the attention span for something like that. Like yeah, it, it, it people were getting bored during Oppenheimer, and it's like it's it's meant to like you know be slow. If people if people can't handle that, then it is what yeah. it is. And that's why in Oppenheimer there there's blasting music over everyone just talking. Yeah, and there's all this like super dramatic bombastic. Oh, I, I love the score. Playing. I love the the score in Oppenheimer. Like I, I like that, and surprisingly, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are I think my two frontrunners <laughs> for score this year. Well, like Trent Reznor can do a score. That that yeah, man, that does, makes, he's that he's a, he's great at doing scores. Um, but yeah, those two movies are my frontrunners for score this year. Um, but yeah, I do love 2001. It did not make my list though. Uh, my first one, which will eliminate quite a few, because mm. it's E. Uh, it came out in nineteen eighty. Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Uh, um, I this is another one that is slow in the middle, and I think if it came out today, it would not be well received. Um, it is. It builds so much on the first one. Um, I love the fact that like it gives you a, a protagonist who is woefully unable to properly do what he's supposed to do and and like he's just headstrong and does what he wants to do anyway and gets fucked up as a result like that that fight at the end is some of the best cinematography like the the shot of luke going up to vader in cloud city Mm -hmm. is hands down one of the most iconic shots in in cinema like it's just it's it's all around a great movie it's it's one of those things when me and josie did it on exploring hyperspace lanes we had nothing really to talk about because like the movie is just a near perfect movie yeah um it's one of the best sequels ever made it's it's, it's just a near perfect movie um yeah I, I i don't really have too much more to say on it because it's just you know it, it i think without that movie we wouldn't have a lot of modern sequels that attempt to do it but chicken out mm-hmm. and that's when they, they actually show uh consequences to the main character's actions where yeah not that he's not perfect at everything now right and it's like that's the thing too where it's like the closest analog to this in the modern era would be infinity war but almost everything that happens in infinity war is fixed in the next movie Mm -hmm. nothing that happens in empire strikes back is fixed yeah um and pretty much every character is left off worse. Yeah, than like from different situations. Yeah, and and it's just it th- without that movie, I think a lot of science fiction wouldn't be taken as seriously as a genre today too, mm-hmm. because it does give some credit. Like that's the thing. It's like for whatever reason, science fiction and fantasy gets treated um, like a second class citizen almost in when it comes to movies. They're they're graded on a bell curve. Where it's like it's good for science fiction or it's good for fantasy. Yeah. Um, but without movies like this, we we it's still there, but it's less pronounced than it used to be. People are okay with saying this is a good movie if it's science fiction or in a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what's your second one? My second one is Apocalypse Now from nineteen seventy-nine by Francis Ford Coppola. I will say I don't think I've sat down and watched this movie in its entirety ever. Oh, I love this movie. That's why I would say, that. of course, it's my because it's in my top ten list. It's also my favorite war movie, mm-hmm. war movie, and my favorite Vietnam movie. Um, again, another one that's based off a book. It's based off Heart of Darkness, which is about a rubber company, an ivory company in Africa in the eighteen hundreds, and then they adopted that story to the Vietnam War, um, mm-hmm. and it, it works very well, obviously. And 
it's just yeah about basically someone people going crazy in the jungle just had the inept like how inept the vietnam war was how crazy it was um it's like kind of like it, it's set up it's if you watch it now some of it might be cliched but it's one of those movies where it, it like created the cliches right. uh but yeah it's so good Every, everyone in it is amazing um, yeah, it uh I, I just I bought, bought the, the special edition but never watched it yeah i have so i bought they released a new version of it during covid because francis ford coppola re-edited it mm-hmm. so i i have the theatric theatrical cut the uh redux which is like the director's cut that's like three and a half hours long mm-hmm. and then he did another version where he cut out some scenes but it's still it has more included extra scenes i think um, i have the redux and that one it does get drag a little it's like okay these scenes definitely should have been deleted right um but yeah it's also it's a weird movie there's no credits there hmm. there the move when the movie ends it just goes to black and it ends there's no credits at all i'm surprised they allowed that i know it's very strange i don't know if if in theaters it did that but every ver- i've had this movie on dvd blu-ray and 4k and every hmm. version has had that where it just goes to black at the end because you would think the DGA and the WGA and SAG would be like, let's not, you know, we have to credit everyone and credit and them rec- in a certain way. <laughs> they Otherwise, recognize how good the movie see. is. Yeah, this, but, this is fine. It. Just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been meaning to watch. It's, it's like there are so many movies that are just classics that I've been meaning to watch yeah. that I haven't yet. Uh, that's definitely one of them. Like I bought a 4K for it to watch it and I just mm-hmm. haven't yet. I would definitely recommend watching the theatrical version for mm-hmm. the first time. And then uh, and go you, back and watch directors. And then if you really like it, yeah, then go to the director's cut. Um, yeah. Because as someone that loves it, I I don't think the director's cut's that good. It's it's too long. Well, I think that's the case with a lot of director's cuts, where it's like, you sh- I wouldn't recommend anyone go- jump into the director's cut of something with the possible exception of Justice League. Um, the four-hour one. The four-hour cut, probably, yeah. if you haven't seen it, probably the only way to watch the movie. But yeah, like, that's true. I wouldn't recommend that someone jump in with the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman. I wouldn't recommend that someone jump Damn. into the Stallone cut of Rocky Four. <laughs> um, I would say watch the theatrical. If you like the theatrical, then then step into the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see the. I didn't see uh, that one, but I did see the Coppola restoration of uh, not the restoration, the the Coppola cut of Godfather Three, mm-hmm. and nothing really changed. It's basically the same movie, and I'm like, they put this in theaters in COVID for what? reason i'm not entirely <laughs> sure um maybe it was because it was 2020 and they're like you know if we put this in theaters there's a solid chance we can win an oscar for it this time that'd be so funny like i was just thinking maybe the wine his wine wasn't selling as well right? yeah he he's like i need i need to do something production. well he's 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 doing crypto now and i'm like why are you doing crypto or something he's doing so something weird. like that um my second one i think you're gonna make fun of me for um everything everywhere all at once Mm-hmm. that that was a movie i walked out of and i was like this is one of my like it's two and a half hours so it's long but it's something that i'm not afraid to sit down and watch mm-hmm. it it felt like watching a live action episode of like for the first half it's like a live action episode of rick and morty and then it kind of like slaps you with like an emotional turn at like the halfway point and it becomes basically an entirely different movie for the second half of it um yeah. i think it's the, the reveal best... of the the daughter yeah I think the the you know this is the best movie to use the multiverse concept. Um, I agree with it that. Work well, um, because it's you know it 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 uses it in a way that's not just for shock value. Um, 
where it's, you know, and, and the thing is too, it's like, you don't know who any of these characters are when you walk into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when they do it and it's like, oh, that, like that scene where, where Kihui Kwan is talking to, um, Michelle Yeoh, I don't remember their character names at this point, but, and they're outside after the premiere and she goes to him, like, what would you, what would you have done? Um, you know, what if there was an alternate time where the two of us were together, but we were working, you know, in a laundromat in America and he goes that I would be fine just folding laundry with you for all of it for uh, for our entire lives and it's just it's moments like that that work and then it's like there there are other things where it's like that scene over the canyon with her and the daughter and it's just text on the screen and then you find out after the fact that they asked Lionsgate or A24 can we shoot this on um on IMAX cameras and they're like are you fucking insane and said no <laughs> it's like it's a, it's basically a still image and it's like can we shoot this on IMAX cameras and they said no and it's like it's, it's things like that where it's like you can like unabashedly this is a movie with a vision and no one got a, got in their way of it mm-hmm. um and it was reasonably cheap too yeah so it's like all of that kind of like makes it work in a way because it's like I, I i don't know what the daniels did the two guys who directed it um i don't know what they did before this like oh i, I know uh one oh, swiss army man that was it i was like i know i've seen one of their the their movies before this that was um, funny and they're they they do this well they're, they're very good at making like offbeat movies and it's just the the entire thing like it felt like when we look at like things like rick and morty where rick and morty is kind of like this the multiverse exists so why does any of it matter this felt like a rejection of that in a way that you mm-hmm. that's refreshing where it's like yes there's infinite possibility but this one still does matter yeah and the in rick and morty now they do this way more where they're trying to be deep and trying to be emotional yes. and i think it comes off it's uh, i just roll my eyes at it i i even though i definitely would not put everything everywhere all once my top 10 no I, I, I that's why i put it on there I'm like you gonna make fun of me for this one but I, I do agree it is a good movie and I, I agree with a lot of your points about the movie especially that it's interesting and creative uh and that the the directors and writers of it they, yeah and, and like some of the bits do go on a little long and it's mm-hmm. like i don't think we needed the hot dog finger universe to go on as long as it needed to or yeah, the one exactly. with the raccoon on her head or anything like that like it goes like you can definitely cut but this isn't best movies of all time it's favorite movies yes this is, i wanted to say too especially with mine it's very subjective yeah. and i'm sure there's also a nostalgia component to some yes. of these too oh yeah we're gonna get into that for me yes there's <laughs> definitely there's definitely one or two on here that there's a nostalgia component to. the brave little toaster <laughs> <laughs> no that did not make my list um <laughs> But no, there are there, there is one on here that I will not concede definitely has a nostalgia component to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's your third one? My third one is Dune from 2021. Okay. Denis um, I again I was not shocked that that made that that was, <laughs> that was a hit your list. Yes. Um yeah, that's a great movie. I just watched that again recently. After I finished the book, I rewatched the movie. It's it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it's because it, it's not a perfect, obviously adaptation i liked i will always like the book more but mm-hmm. it, it it beat my expectations for a what a huge studio movie how it would make a dune um it, it did a really good job i really like the universe how it's set up with the way everything looks all the casting it, it's just it was exactly what i wanted out of a, a dune adaptation and it's got some of the best visual effects in a movie mm-hmm. that's not an avatar movie yeah and i i think it does a good job combining practical with CGI. Mm-hmm. And, like, and a, when I rewatch, there's one effect that's questionable. Mm-hmm. And it's Which the one? balloons going up. 
over the oh yeah i think it's just that fa the fabric is yeah perfect but it's like when you watch it, you're like i don't know what that would look like in real life so i guess that's what it would look like but it just kind of looks yeah. weird i guess it would look like a hot air balloon inflating but yeah like much but, faster but it's like it's like that kind of thing where it's like that's my thing with a lot of effects where it's like people say like oh that looks dumb but it's like but what would what would that look like mm -hmm. if you had yeah. like how else would that work like how else would amila clark end up with drax's arm how would that look like <laughs> And I think in, in Oppenheimer, I think it was hurt by Nolan's obsession with practical effects. Yeah, I think that CGI, you could, if you had one effect shot in the movie, well, not effect shot, if you had one CGI shot in the movie, and that was the atomic bomb explosion, that would have worked. Because you're not stressing the, the, the crew making it, the visual effects crew. Yeah, and you could have the weight of having that real huge explosion that did look cool, but then yeah. amplifier supplemented with right. CGI. Which right. would make I think made it would have made it look better. I was very underwhelmed by that, and I think in Dune they, they do a good combination of both of them. Like yeah. obviously the sandworms can't be practical effects, but they some of the ships that, when they're like coming down are real, and mm -hmm. it, it adds a lot of weight and like you can, it feels like it's there, like the actors interacting with everything. Could you imagine if they did the sandworms with miniatures? They did that in um the David Lynch. No, I know, um, but they did that yeah. now, like. Oh yeah, and actually the crazy thing about the David Lynch one is all this, because they, everything is miniature, they have to have miniature sand for scale, mm -hmm. and they used like powdered glass, so <laughs> everyone had to be wearing like gas masks while they were filming it, because they were breathing <laughs> in glass shards. Yeah, it, like, I, I love that movie, and the thing is too, it's like, it takes, we didn't know it was part one of two, until... I think you told me because you went to that Oh yeah, because I, I went to all these like early I found yeah, all you these weird early thing. access things and, the thing and is it too, opened with Dune Part 1. Yeah, And they didn't announce that in advance which I think is also, a, like that I think is my only issue with the movie is that with a lot of mo movies recently that are doing Part 1, Part 2 mm -hmm. um, with the exception of Mission Impossible they, the Part 1 movie always feels like it's ending in an incomplete place. Because yes. the story is going to be finished in part two. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, when we talk about, like, Harry Potter, when we talk about Twilight, Hunger Games, uh, all these movies, I think Dune is one of the better ones because yeah. it feels like he's getting a small victory where he's like, I'm starting to be accepted and we can see where we're going from here. Um, it's That's my one thing about it that I'm like, I, I think this movie... But even that, it's like, how, how else are we going to squeeze this book into a two-hour movie? Yeah, it would be like the yeah, 1980s one where right. you, the you ending feels so, so rushed. And it's yeah. just like these jumps where all these crazy things are happening scene after scene. Yeah, I think part two is going to be one of the better movies of the back half of the year. Um, yes, yeah. And I, uh, and then I can't wait for Messiah then. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it. It's like, I think if they do Messiah, I think you have to do children. Oh yeah, that please let them do children. <laughs> Please. I mean, look, I want them to get to, I want them to, they need to do God Emperor. Them. I, yeah. I guess want, but I want them to do God Emperor only if they do the version of God Emperor where they have the cover where like Leto looks like an uncircumcised dick. Yeah. Like the, that's, that, that's the concept that I the, want them to release. The greatest cover variants of any yeah. book is for yeah, God Emperor. I, I want that one. <laughs> like if they're going to do it. Um, also because I don't want the best adaptation of God Emperor of Dune to be uh Grim Vector's ability of man. Yeah. That where, might be the only adaptation of God Yeah, Emperor. Like that that like that was the issue going into Infinity War was like, God, I hope this is good because I don't want the best version of Infinity Gauntlet to be Danny Phantom. 
<laughs> so they parodied it with John <laughs> Cryer. As, uh, I didn't as, even know that. That's yeah, there's an episode, uh, it was a movie, I think, where it was like an hour long, where like John Cryer is this clown dude, and he's got this glove that there's like these reality bending gems that they got to get. And if he gets I think I remember them, that. Yeah. I used, that, to watch, I used to watch Danny Phantom. Yeah, that that was the, I, I just want, like, I want this to be good. And I think that that episode of Billy and Mandy has a great running gag from the book that if you read the book, you'll get it, where... Uh, Billy's playing the Duncan Idaho role and he keeps dying off screen so every time mm-hmm. he comes back the number on his chest goes higher by like 10 or 20 because he keeps dying in dumb ways off screen um, but yeah that's, that's also that's like the third that's like the third or fourth episode of yeah. Billy and Mandy and they, which is that's it's where crazy yeah. so the, the one of the writers definitely is just a huge Dune fan he's yeah, like I'm gonna get away with adapting God Emperor of Dune because like they didn't do Harry Potter on on um, on Billy and Mandy until like years later, and it's not like mm-hmm. Harry Potter was new when Billy and Mandy started. Like they they waited years to do that. Um, my third you may not have heard of. Okay. Um, although you may have, it's it's a it's an indie movie from the mid twenty tens or early twenty tens. Francis Ha. Oh no, I, that's Greta Gerwig, right? Yes, Greta Gerwig yeah. in the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Baumbach directed it, though. Um, her husband. Um, oh, okay. I don't think they're. I don't think they were married at the time, though. Like, I think mm-hmm. they got married fairly recently. Um, but the two of them work together a lot, um, and it is this blend of like what would what we would call mumblecore, which I it sounds so dismissive to call it that, but it's like these movies that are like kind of a a story about a 20 something who doesn't want to do, know doesn't really know what they want to do with their lives mm-hmm. and it's you know it's low budget the script is not 100% done when they start shooting it's a very like on the fly style of filmmaking um i just hate that they call it mumblecore cuz it feels dismissive um yeah cuz the yeah, mumble rap is bad <laughs> yeah so it's like i think that that title predates mumble rap though um because mm-hmm. like this goes back to i would i think funny or Funny Haha, I think, was the first official mumblecore movie, even though it, the, the, the style goes back further. Because, like, the style is the same style as Slacker, which we'll talk about later, uh, or Clerks, um, or anything like that, where it's, like, low-budget, non uh, no-name actors in a very cheap environment, but it's almost entirely dialogue there. Um, mm-hmm. But this one is unique among them, because it has a very French New Wave feel. Uh, feel to it that's what i thought it was a french movie when yeah. i seen the cover of it yeah it, it has a very french no way feel and i guess it's it's kind of the quintessential movie in this in this subgenre of i guess drama or comedy i don't know what you would do um where and i think that the thing is too it's like greta gerwig is getting a lot of attention right now for her directing but mm-hmm. she doesn't get quite enough for her acting yeah um, i agree with that she's a really good actress um yeah she's, she's in I guess she's moved more into directing now, but oh yeah, she's and, in that. And look, good stuff. for her. She's doing. She, her, I don't think she has. I, I don't think she has a miss yet either. Because what she's done three movies. She did Barbie, which was really good. She did Little Women, that was Little, really yeah, good. And uh, Lady Bird, which is fantastic. Oh yeah, and like, she wrote Lady Bird too, right? Yeah, um, I think she wrote all three of them. Mm-hmm. Well, Little Women oh, yeah. is based on a book, but she had she adapted it. Yeah, but uh, and and now she's doing Chronicles of Narnia as her next one. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, for Netflix. And it's, you know, like I, I saw someone say, maybe it was me, um, that like Barbie and, and Chronicles of Narnia is her pitch tape to DC to do Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Or just, yeah, I guess 
you know, anytime. I, w- I would watch that movie in a heartbeat. Like that, that is a perfect mix of, of director and, uh, and cast. Mm-hmm. But this movie is just fantastic. It's, you know, she, she plays a character who's kind of listless, doesn't know what she wants to do and is indecisive, which is just, and she does it so well to the point that by the time we get to the end of the movie and she starts to accept who she is, cause like she had this idea of what she was going to do, um, where she was going to be a dancer, but she never quite lives up to the expectations of people she's trying to get these dance companies trying to get into and then mm-hmm. everyone else in her life she's watching other people kind of progress and she just kind of feels like she's stagnating that whole movie is it, it's just perfect that movie i watched it recently on the criterion channel and and immediately i was like this is one of my you know this is this is one of my favorite movies um yeah i don't have any more to add on that um what's your number four four yeah number four the 1984 dude no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing two two dunes. <laughs> could you, could you, when 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 we proposed this, you said to me, "Is can I do both Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League <laughs> as two separate entries?" And I'm like, "Oh, is, was that the the bellwether for this?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not do that. My fourth one is Hereditary from 2018 by Ari Aster. I have not seen that, but I've heard very good things. It's so good. It's. It's one of the few horror movies that's genuinely a good movie as well. Mm-hmm. It's that's very rare now. It used to be that it would happen all the time, and another pick on my list is related to that. But now that's extremely rare. We get horror movies that are scary or have a lot of jump scares, or but the stories are complete trash, mm-hmm. um, or yeah, just horrible movies all around. Uh, this one, it's it's very deep and emotional. A lot of it's like a family drama. And it just happens to also be a horror movie because all these horrible things are happening. Is this the one where the, the brother kills the sister because yes. like he, he he she leans her head out the window and like she hits her head on a telephone pole and dies? Yes. So she's having uh, an allergic reaction to peanuts and her ah. throat is closing. Um and she's sticking her head out the window to get more get more air and then uh he swerves to not hit a rabbit and then her head comes off. Nice. That's one of the best moments because I saw it in a movie theater and it was like a packed theater and like everyone in the theater gasped at the same time. <laughs> uh, and then right after that happens is the in the movie it's like complete silence and in the theater it was like complete dead silence. Because nice. it just holds on the guy slams on the brakes and it just like holds on the brother just like in shock staring in the the rear view mirror. Uh, and he just slowly pulls away and drives home. Doesn't even like get the head to be like, oh, by the no. way, we might need this later. <laughs> yeah, and then um, what happens after that's like, it, it's very intense. I know the movie is gory. Like I know there's there's like that, and then there's also another death with a piano wire. Yeah, um, there's actually not that gory. Uh, those are very gory because even the head thing, they don't really show it. It, it just um, happens, kind of. Mm-hmm. The yeah, it's, there's like a lot of just weird imagery. Um, what I like about it is there's a lot of things going on in the background. So mm-hmm. if you if you're like paying attention, you'll notice things moving and notice people standing in shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it and it yeah, it's, it's very like sneaky how detailed it is. Um, I haven't seen his newest movie, Bo is Afraid. But Bo is Afraid, yeah. Um, I do want to see that too. Yeah, I, I tend to stay away from Ari Aster movies for uh for you know beware. Midsummer was more gore, much more gory and much more violent. I've heard good things about that. 
Um, I liked uh, Hereditary better. Midsummer did have really creative gore, which I liked, mm-hmm. but the story itself was a, a extremely generic slasher movie with a scream, yeah. like with a scream queen and like the last, I forget what it's called, like um, Final Girl. Final Girl, like it was, it was that movie where oh, like okay. every every character's death was clearly just like where they make they show each character being an asshole mm-hmm. so then that's how you know they're gonna die or like yeah. justify killing them basically um so, uh, you say florence Pugh was a scream queen not a scream queen i meant more the final girl oh, okay all right um that, not yeah not a it, that's i just mixed up the terms because in that, in that point we don't really movie, have them anymore yeah yeah not really scream queen but in that movie yeah she just kind of ends up in the situation and then she just ends oh, okay. up being the all these things happen where she ends up being the final girl. Right. But it's very obvious because she's the only good character in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like every every person around her is an asshole. So I was like, okay, well, this person's going to die. Yeah. Was, uh, I, I tend to stay away because Ari Aster fans tend to be a little, um, shall we say, overzealous um, mm-hmm. in, their, uh, in their, their love for a director who will never let them blow him. Uh, like... <laughs> It's, I know uh, it's very strange. Yeah, I don't like Nolan fans are subdued compared to Ari Aster fans. I think he only has three movies. Yeah, I've I've never met an Ari Aster fan who I was like, you're you're a a fun person to hang out with, like someone who was like a diehard fan. Like I had I someone did... who worked with me at, at Walgreens who was the most insufferable film nerd on the planet, who would not stop espousing the fucking gospel of Ari Aster. Like, it it it, it kind of turned me off to him entirely. But I will eventually. Get, I also don't really do horror movies. Um, yeah, Hereditary you know. is is great. Um, and it, he is annoying about this because Ari Aster also talks about how he Hereditary and Midsummer actually aren't horror movies. Um, Hereditary is about like grief, and Midsummer is actually about like relationships and breaking up. And it's like okay, great, but they are horror movies. Which is like it's the kind of thing where like if I go and watch it, it's like uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like, like it is about it has themes and especially Hereditary, it has those themes. But it, it's in the frame of a horror movie, right? Like it, it's still a genre. Like it, like it, it's kind of like he doesn't like you said he doesn't understand the difference between genre and theme. You can have the two. Co- yeah, or like co-exist. metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've been meaning to watch that one. It's on my list on HBO Max, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is one that I know you've seen, uh, Goodfellas from 1990. Ah, yes. Very this good. is one of the best organized crime movies. It, I would say it's probably the best organized crime movie ever made. Um, it's like, it, there's the potential, like, when you look at this movie on paper, there's the potential that it could have been boring, but it's everything about it just so fast paced and everything works like there's a heist in the middle of the movie that we don't see we just see the reaction to the heist mm-hmm. working like um and it's an example of a movie where test screenings helped because oh. the the third act is supposed to be a half hour longer uh where it was gonna go more in that would make it like a four hour long movie right yes but like apparently what what it was gonna be was gonna be more mundane of him going through his life and watching him slowly dissolve with the helicopter and all of that Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was they went to test screenings and they're like, like, Marty, buddy, cut this the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, it doesn't need to be this long. So they cut it down where it's like, it's now like a 10 minute sequence, if I remember correctly, where it's just him slowly devolving as the police are closing in at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like because it's just it's because it's faster it's just it builds the tension and you know something's coming and you and it's like his 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 uh his fall is just it, it just works so well everything about the movie is just perfect um like this is one of the first movies that i grant i probably watched younger than i should have um but the thing is too is like like this and uh the godfather like you can air these on regular television with only minor air edits yeah mostly for language and yeah then just some of the gore yeah and, and even that it's like the gore is not excessive in either movie um just a Joe Pesci death is probably yes. the, the the worst. And time. and for the and for the Godfather at the very at the the death of in the in the restaurant. And um, Sonny's death. Yes, and at the very end when they're going through in there uh, with the oh, Christmas yeah, scene, the, 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 yeah, the, the blood dripping Montage, out of his face. Yeah, an eye. Yeah, which they parodied very well on Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is just a a near perfect movie. Like I like this is a movie that if it's on TV. And I'm scrolling through, looking for something to watch. I will land on it if there, if there's, if I don't have something else that I'm going to that I need to watch. It's just Goodfellas is on. I'm gonna watch Goodfellas. Um, yeah. Uh, I, the problem with these is that a lot of these movies are just near perfect movies that I have a hard. Oh yeah, time. I love Goodfellas. Yeah, it's just it's it's a it's it's great all around. Yeah, I think I just ended. I've seen it so many times, especially on TV. Yeah. There's a while where I liked Casino more than Goodfellas. But I, I think Casino is there's parts of it that are just too it, it, it's too long. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that Goodfellas does work. Like Goodfellas is a long movie too, but it's just you never feel the length, despite yeah. the fact that it is just as you know, just as you know long. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it drags. Like there's a difference between like that. That's a big thing in a lot of these longer movies now. Is pacing is an issue where it's like you can make an, a movie that's two and a half hours, but don't make me sit there and feel like I'm watching it for two and a half hours, or like Oppenheimer, which was three hours, but you don't really feel it. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's it, like, uh, what movie did I say? Oh yeah, Insidious, The Red Door. Right. Um, felt like a two hour long movie and it was like 94 minutes yeah like that that's the thing is that we got like pacing like long movies aren't the issue pacing is the issue making the movie mm-hmm. worth that runtime is the issue um and goodfellas does a great job of that um you're number five my number five is interstellar from 2014 huh. and christopher nolan <laughs> i really liked this movie um even Part of it is yeah, because maybe it's similarities to two thousand one, but and I know it has critiques, especially at the end, uh, where it's like the power of love will solve everything, which is a little bit melodramatic. But I loved it. It, it, Everything worked for me. I get very emotionally invested. This is something where yeah, two thousand one, it's very good, but it's not a lot of emotionality in it. Mm -hmm. I think Interstellar has that, and it works for me. Um, I I I really like Interstellar. I definitely have before. I've rewatched it many the, times. The scene, the scene when he gets back after being on the on the water planet, he's watching the kids age. Yes, that mm-hmm. got me. And like, it's one of the best time. I think it's one of the best time jumps. Yes, in any, any in the history of all movies, and it, it's devastating. Where it's like, oh yeah, it's been like twenty years. Yeah, and Jeffrey and Wright's right in that movie too. He doesn't really get a lot. Of, everyone always talks about the smaller roles in the movie, Michael Caine and um and no, I don't think. Is Jeffrey Wright in that movie? I think he is. Isn't he the guy on the spaceship when they when they go down? I don't think it's that is, 
I don't think it's Jeffrey. Is Jeffrey Wright the guy that's in um, the the robot show? Uh, Westworld. I think so. Uh, maybe it's yeah, not it's not that right. guy. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I for, yeah, I forget. I think he's in. Uh, he's he's in any number of Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, it's not Jeffrey Wright. I know. I'm on IMDb right now. Um. Yeah, he he also could have gone with Commissioner Gordon in the Batman. Um. But yeah, he was he was great in um. What's it called? We're, we're gonna get off. I don't want to get off on a Jeffrey Wright thing. I know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that movie is fantastic, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. It was so it's so fun. The Matt Damon reveal. Yeah. See, that's one because that's good. This is a, this is an issue I had with Oppenheimer, <laughs> where so I know I'm just now relating every movie back to Oppenheimer. Yeah, that's point. been the the motif of this episode. You've been let's but, talk about Oppenheimer. So the the uh, reveal of Matt Damon and Interstellar is so good, and it, it's like, oh, cool, like because they they do such a good job hiding who it is. Mm-hmm. Like his pictures in the background of one scene, but you can barely see it. In mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, every single character they revealed like that, where yeah. it was like, look at this famous person, look at this famous person, Casey and Affleck, like, just like a background, Josh character. Peck. Yeah, Josh Peck holding his hand over a button. Yeah, like, and what was it? David Crumholes in that one scene, and it's like, why? Yeah, I also I like Anne Hathaway. I don't know why people hate Anne Hathaway so much. Do people hate her? Yeah, that's like a really big thing. People despise Anne Hathaway. What does and she I, do to anyone? Like, I think people think she's really she's like obnoxious or like annoying. But uh, I don't I don't watch talk shows, so maybe that's why. But she, I don't think she is. I've never seen anything where she, she looks like someone where if you told me she was bitchy, I'd be like, all right, that tracks. But it's like I I've never seen anything to indicate that. Yeah, and then, like, I don't. There's no reports of her being like mean to on set or anything. Yeah, like, like I don't know. I, like I, she's fine. She's great in this movie. I mean, like, oh yes, this is another two forty five movie though. Like. Yeah, I like long movies, so yeah, that's a, I like I like prog rock, so I like long movies, <laughs> things. But it's like that's another one that doesn't feel it, like it doesn't feel as long as it is until you sit down and watch it at home, and you're like, oh fuck, like, especially when you know it still has to happen. Yeah. Like, oh wait, they're not even at this part yet. Because <laughs> like, that was the thing. Like I think that after like this is back when we were living in Albany, we bought the DVD, and then we bought like, we the, went to watch the IMAX. Remember? Yes. We, I they had the little IMAX cell. Yeah. I, the IMAX film cells. Because isn't your film cell space? Yeah. No. It's 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 like uh like it's an in motion shot of the inside of the spaceship. I think like you can't <laughs> yeah. see what it is. It's like so it's cool. Just like, I guess. <laughs> I think and, mine might be the ocean. I forget. I thought to go find it. It's not like when I got the what the hell when I got the film cell for the Lion King steelbook, it was an actual big shot from the movie. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like you can see what this is. Yeah, it's what like, you want. Yeah, it's like all right, I guess that's cool. But like this, we we sat down to watch it, and we got like an hour in, and we're like, holy crap, we still have all this to go, and then we just never went back yeah. to it. Like, <laughs> like that especially was, if you started at like ten o'clock at night. Yeah, like, I think that's what happened too. To be like one thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's like okay, well, well, this is another time, and then it just never happened. Um, but yeah, it, it is a great movie though. Um, you see, but I think that's a problem with a lot of very long movies, um, where it's like you need to carve out time to watch it it's not like pop it on and, and go like like a 90 minute movie you can do that with and but i think like, i went into this movie with low expectations too because i was like oh it's it's a matthew mcconaughey like space cowboy movie yeah 
like th this isn't going to be that like who cares like this is not going to be that good and it, it was so good well this was shortly after dallas buyers club where he started to mm -hmm. get big be more dramatic yeah yeah um i would say even like magic mike he was in a more dramatic role oh yeah i forgot he was in that he's yeah. like the the in the first guy. one and then yeah. in the second one they kind of just kill him off off screen and they're like mm -hmm. he, he's dead now don't think about him it's fine <laughs> um yeah that that is a great movie though um my number five this is the nostalgia pick uh the incredibles oh yeah that is a good one um i think it's pixar's best movie um by a long shot um it's the best fantastic four movie we've had um <laughs> I, I i love the midlife crisis angle there are so many great comedic moments in the movie that work every time you watch it um and and like there are so many little small moments in the movie that are just so great like all like the moment where he figures out he can run on water mm -hmm. like and he, he's running and there's this big dramatic score and then he sees the lake and he's like oh crap what am i gonna do so he runs out and the score cuts out completely except for the noise of him running and then he has the realization like oh crap i can run on water he just keeps going the score kicks back in that's great um the sequence like the way they build tension in the scene with the when um when uh, helen and violet and dash are going to the island and they're going to shoot the plane down mm -hmm. like that is one of the best examples of building tension in a scene especially if you're going to do it in a movie like this that's largely going to be viewed by children it's a great way to like introduce them like oh no you can do something like this and have it have that because it's like it cuts back and forth between on the ground um robert being held captive and it's like and you know tell me what it is tell me what it is and he's like no 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 and then it's like well call off the missiles, call off the missiles, call off the missiles. It's like, there are children on board this. Don't let, and it's just yelling at Violet the entire time. It's just this, this tense scene that goes all the way through. And then it, it ends with not them saving. They still fuck it up and they, they, they end up crashing anyway. Mm -hmm. like, it, it's such a great moment in that movie. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's hands down. I think it's one of the better, I mean, I have one other, well, no, I have two other comic book movies on here. Uh, <laughs> I'm realizing now. Uh, but it, it's one of the best superhero movies. Um, yeah, I got. Yeah, I think you're, I think that is my favorite Pixar movie. Because for me, it was it, this it, or Ratatouille. It, yeah, I. It, it's so good. Yeah, and I, I love the aesthetics of it. Yeah, know, like the the fifties, like like the fifties, like their view of what futuristic would be, mm -hmm. like it, all of the James Bond stuff. Giacchino's score is fantastic. For this movie like it feels like a james bond kind of thing but it's not really like it's a it's a weird mix but the plot's much less convoluted than a james yes. bond movie yeah and and it's just like i think the sequel is one of my biggest letdowns i never saw the sequel i just yeah like, you didn't I miss didn't... much yeah i just looked disappointing yeah it wasn't great and it's like and the thing is too it's like of pixar's movies it's like if you go back and watch toy story again toy story was groundbreaking for its time mm -hmm. but it's kind of like it it's not what we would expect. Toy Story like, two, I think, is the best Pixar sequel. Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I can't that's think of any other ones. But Monster, well, okay, Monster University sucks. Um, Toy Story four isn't great. Toy Story three might be better. I haven't watched Toy Story three in a long yeah. time though. But Kelsey Grammer is in Toy Story two. That's true. He is. <laughs> um, and. Cars 2 is not that good. Cars 2 is not good. Finding Dory wasn't great. Um, Inside Out 2 might be good. Probably not. It's the same people who did the first one. Like, it's the same, guess, it's, but... it's the same writers and directors. 
who are coming back for it. So I have a little bit of confidence in it. Um, but Pixar works best when they do original. Yeah. Like, sure. even, even their less good originals are still better than most of their sequels. Like, I didn't I care for that. Luca, but I would rather watch Luca than any of their sequels. I think Luca was Italian racism. Yeah, I, I don't understand <laughs> why they had to have Jack Dylan Grazer doing an over-the-top Italian accent the entire movie. Was uh, that him? Or was that Jacob Tremble? It, one of those, was, like, white kids was doing an Italian accent the entire way through the movie, and I'm like, I don't think that's necessary. Not even Mario. The Mario movie didn't even have this. Yeah, it's just Chris Pratt doing his, his normal voice. His like, voice, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a choice, and, and that movie wasn't great either. Um, Turning Red was really good, though. I did enjoy Turning Red. Yeah. Uh, so what's your number six? My number six is Jurassic Park. From 1993, again, not surprised. Steven Spielberg. (laughs) This movie, for if you, if you had to make me choose, well, I guess for me, a lot of what a a good metric of this was was rewatchability and how many Mm -hmm. times I've seen these movies. Because I was like, well, if I keep rewatching this, it's probably in my favorite, my top ten list. And I of movies of all movies, I've probably seen Jurassic Park more than any other movie. Mm -hmm. I love it. it. I think it's perfect. It's like with the pacing and like characters, it's has everything you need. Um, I love the book. I've read the book so many times. Um, there was one time by a dinosaur while taking a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, there's because I fly cross country a lot. So there's mm-hmm. times when I get on the way to the airport at the airport. I'll try to I'll read Jurassic Park as fast as I can. And then I'll watch the movie like on the plane all like hmm. the same day because I, I love it so much. Um, I can quote most of the movie as I watch it. Um, the the effects are still are so good. Again, it's the perfect combination of CGI and practical. Um, I think the changes from the book are done very well because I, I like that John Hammond's a good guy in the in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, he's an asshole. And um, I think I think too with the effects, it's like the effects for that movie look better than the effects for most movies that come out now. Yeah, and of just a whole CGI dinosaur, not even yeah. uh, the combination. There's some things now in 4K and Blu-ray they don't look as good. But that, um, it wasn't meant to be viewed that way when it came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I had this kind of theory where some things you shouldn't, you should not watch on like high definition. Yeah. Like I bought, I have the Patriot on DVD and I was like, I think I'll just keep watching this on DVD. I don't need well, to watch it in 4K. Well, like, I think if you're going with an older movie, like if you go back to a movie from the 30s or the 40s, you can watch that in 4K because the effects are not as pronounced to the point where mm-hmm. it's like i don't think it's a, it's a big deal if you watch that in 4k but yeah. like it, movies that where they started to do more visual effects um like i don't see logan's run aging well no or or even like blade runner it's like, movies that they're like we're doing the the best like futuristic yeah. like effects that it will never look good like Star Wars still looks good by and large if you watch yeah. it before. It's because mini I think miniatures and we'll come again with this later with my mm-hmm. list, but miniatures are always good. Yeah, because it's like the thing is too with 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 Star Wars, it's like if you watch the original trilogy in 4K, anything that was from the original cut of the movie looks great. Anything that was CGI added in yep. in the special editions, you can tell what it is. And the, yeah, it looks horrible. And then if you go back and watch the prequels in 4K, you're gonna want to <laughs> gouge your eyes out because those yep. movies are disgusting. And they were all, and the prequels were all were all filmed on digital. Yeah. So they don't they don't update to 4K as well in general. Well, that's the thing too. It's like film you can upscale up to I think 16K. 
Yeah, we'll be going for, and I bet it will keep going by the time we get to 16K. Yeah, I bet they'll have the technology to, as from raw film, to just keep upgrading it forever. Well, 16K isn't that far out because we already have 8K TVs, and 16 is the next one after that because it's like it's it's uh, it's exponential, like yeah. the, what's it called, like uh, like memory. So 16 is the next big one they're gonna do after eight. So that's not too far off, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just looking at like. Jurassic Park is a movie that if it comes on, it's it it still looks good. You can watch it on cable. You can watch it on the 4K steelbook one I have. That little circle one that like is impossible to put on a shelf because it's a little <laughs> circle. Um, and I lost the thing that you you can prop it onto, so that way it stands up and that takes up more room. So I regret that. Um, now this this did spawn some of the worst sequels. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I think there's one good Jurassic Park sequel, and there's a great joke about it. In when you have you been to an AMC since they started doing the uh, the Nicole Kidman ad? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you notice that when like when she does that thing, the thing she says as Jurassic World pops up is, "We go somewhere we've never been before," and it's like this is the fourth Jurassic Park movie. I know. Yeah. It's, that's, <laughs> I think I have seen that. I did roll my eyes, but I Jurassic World might be i don't the lost world i have nostalgia for so that's that's like true and i same with jurassic park three mm-hmm. um but i i did like the first jurassic world i ex- did extremely disliked the second third of jurassic world yeah cause, and the thing is too it's like i saw someone made a point where it's like jurassic world three the one that came out last year is basically the closest thing to a modern avatar where it made a yeah. fuck ton of money for no reason, but it had no cultural impact. Yeah, and it, I hated it. I, I think it truly made me angry. Oh, yeah. Much. Like, that was a movie where I'm like, why do you keep putting these characters in danger? Because they haven't interacted with each other yet, and we know that's coming. Like, yeah. the entire. And where like, are the dinosaurs? There's yeah. just bugs flying around. Like, I, I wouldn't. I didn't have a problem with the bugs. That didn't bother me. What bothered me is them constantly putting splitting everyone up into different teams people constantly getting put into peril and it's like but we know that until chris pratt and dallas bryce howard interact with jeff goldblum and and laura Dern, Dern. no one's gonna get hurt in any way because that's they're not gonna put these people in the same movie and not have them interact so why do we have them constantly getting put into these things who's gonna die here no one no one's gonna die here and half of the movie is just because there's so many characters now, it's just mm. updating us. Where are these characters? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, well, they weren't in the last movie, so we got to sit here and explain what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I and it really bothered me at the end when they put Laura Dern and and Samuel together. That really bothered me. I it really pissed me off too. Like that was like. They, I, so, I never got that from them. I got like more of like a this is a working so relationship because like, they're so different in age. And it, it's so anti like they should have gotten a lot more trouble with that because isn't that like a, against how we view modern like working relationships where just because a man and a woman are working together, they they shouldn't end up falling in love with each other like they. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. But like when I when I when I watched that movie, I was like. It's kind of like the age difference also in it because it like wasn't like I don't remember Jurassic Park that well, like the specifics mm-hmm. of it. Wasn't she his student at one point? 
No, no, they're both they're both full doctors. She's a plant. She's a plant. Oh, okay. Basically, paleo. She's a plant paleontologist, and then he's the dinosaur paleontologist. I think I'm conflating it with Marion Ravenwood from Indiana Jones, where like she was like a child when they like he was like fourteen. Yeah, that's more weird. No, yeah. and so in the in the book, he he is much older in the book, but they're both full doctors, and he's a widower, and mm-hmm. like in the book it's just like well i like i'm older now and i'm i'm content with just being single for the rest of my life like i because my wife died so they and they it's clearly established it does have a working relationship in the movies they also do that where they don't they don't say he's a widower but they set up like they're they're clearly working partners and they have no romantic interests mm-hmm. and then she gets married and in the third one she's married and has children with another guy and they're still really good friends and like they just go and see each other and she saves him in the third one as a as a just because they're good friends basically but like you don't need to have everyone fall, especially in this movie where you have we're getting way off track here we went from yeah. a movie that's great to a movie that's really shitty that's but, like, but like dallas bryce howard and and chris pratt is the love story quote unquote of that you don't need another one on top of that and i don't yeah, think I guess it's because clamoring. They... They, I guess because they were already together, they're like, we need another couple to get together. But also, it's like, how many people were clamoring for them to get together? Like, was that something where it's like, God, I wish that... Like, I'm not familiar with the fan community for Jurassic Park, but like, was that know. something people wanted? Like, Yeah, I guess I I'm not... Maybe I'm not as in touch with the fan. I bet... I guess people that write, like, the books, they should not be thinking that way. Uh, like, definitely, like, there's definitely fan fiction about it, but, like, I don't know if we should lean into fan fiction as the... You know, I it feels it felt like fan fiction. Yeah, like that was that movie was just awful. But yeah, Jurassic Park is great. I, um, yeah, and that's like the pacing is perfect. Like the character, like you got these smaller characters, like the hunter guy and uh, BD Wong and all the like Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Like they're and they're all set up so well, and even though they're in it for such small amounts of time too. Yeah, like you have a very small cast, and, it, and the thing is too, works. it's like it's an original movie, so you could like. You when they build tension towards someone could get seriously hurt or killed in this scene, like it feels possible. Mm-hmm. Like you never and everything feels like natural too. How everyone gets how everyone gets separated. Yeah. Um. And it's like how end how people end up interacting with each other and how the the plot develops. Yeah. It's it it's just everything about that movie. It, like the fact that that movie was not the blueprint going forward. Yeah, and it, disappointing. The second one is so bad because the Michael Crichton wrote the book for the the second one to be a movie, and it the book's really good, mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg completely fucked it up. Hmm. Don't like him. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, my next one. This one I feel like you might make fun of me for too. Uh, Logan from twenty seventeen. Um, All right, I get I get that one. Going along with what you said about rewatchability, I think this is a better comic book movie than the dark knight wow that's very that's a very strong statement I, and I've, I've made this statement before on the podcast this isn't anything new i like the dark knight i have no desire to ever watch the dark knight again you don't like chaos I, I i just it's a great movie don't get me wrong but there are a lot of great movies that i watch once and i'm like that's fine i will not watch that movie again like that's honestly how i feel about oppenheimer like it's like it's it's great it's it's fantastic but i'm not like logan and i'm not a huge x-men fan like i before seeing logan i think i had only seen days of future past in a theater or maybe first class in days of future past in a theater i saw x2 in the theater oh i didn't <laughs> but like i, I ended up I'm, I'm a true fan i ended up i watched them all um on streaming um 
and it's like I, I caught up and then I saw Logan and Logan just works as a movie. The yeah. only thing I don't like is the cloning and, and him fighting the younger version of himself. That's the only thing that doesn't really work for me, but the entire rest of the movie is just great. Like, you know, him having to confront his mortality. This is the movie why we I thought that Indiana Jones was going to be really good this year. Because <laughs> um, James Mangold If they this. let him do the same thing with Indiana Jones as they did with Logan, it would have been good. But, they, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they didn't do that, though, where it's they like... They didn't go far enough. Logan, in this in the beginning of this movie, Logan is a defeated man with nothing. He's an yeah. Uber driver. Like... That that like that's what he's doing at the beginning of this movie. Like Indiana Jones is not that. Um, like he, he's still teaching. Like, do you want me to tell you what happened to Mutt? Because it's actually kind of funny what the, what they did to Mutt. Okay. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. They they kill him off off screen. He in he he went to Vietnam to piss off Indiana Jones, and he got killed in Vietnam. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got rid of Shia LaBeouf. Wow. Okay, because I remember hearing a thing where it's like, wait, if you can go back in time, yeah, so that was why. And, what, and, why well, doesn't he go back in time to save his own son? And the thing is, too, they addressed that in the movie because they ha- he had that conversation <laughs> with Phoebe Waller Bridge, and she asked him, "If you can go back in time, what would you go back in time to do?" And he said, "I would stop my son from enrolling." It's, it's a it's it's a great heartfelt moment. It's the only one in the entire movie, and also they can't go back in time to do that. The, the time travel is very specific in this movie. Oh, because it's like it's not. It's it tells you where the portals are, right? It doesn't. It tells you where the portal is, and it's only one specific portal. Because the issue was, we're gonna spoil Indiana Jones right now. Do you want me to spoil Indiana Jones for you? I I know what happens. I watched the thing. It's they end up going back to like ancient Rome, right? Yeah, because uh, Archimedes was looking for help from the future to save him. Whatever at Syracuse, I think is where he lived. Um, Mm -hmm. but like to save that, but um. So he created this dial that shows like there is a a portal that will open up. This portal will send you back in time to um what's it called back in time to this particular point. That's the only point they can go to. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay, that makes sense. So it's like all that the the dial does is show ways to get back in time to that point. Yeah. Um, and then go back to wherever you came from. So it's like the Nazis want it because they think they can use it to go back in time and fix world war ii and be a better hitler um and that doesn't work out for them um but yeah logan um on the other hand um i i like everything about that movie works like there's there's a lot of exposition but the exposition doesn't feel forced it feels kind of organically in the plot um, and it, it lets you kind of figure things out like what, yeah like what happened to the other x-men yeah and like the girl who plays laura is great um, mm-hmm. It's a shame she doesn't get too much more work, um, but she's going to be in the new Star Wars show. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be in the Acolyte. Um, I think she was in his the Dark Materials on HBO. Um, yeah, she definitely was. But like, she was really good in that role, um, and and it felt like a perfect send off until Deadpool three, where they fucked the whole thing up. Um, <laughs> because we can't have anything just end, can we? Um, Not while like, he's still alive. We have to wait till Hugh Jackman dies. And then well, I think that they. Stop. What they explained with how they're going to do this is that this is not the same Wolverine as the one who died in Logan. It's, All right, that's fine. It's the Wolverine from the X-Men 97 TV show. Okay. Just in real life. Yeah, it's just a live act because they can't, it's a live action movie. So it's just that version of him. Um, yeah, that's fine. It's it like, but I also heard it's like, oh, this is before everything goes to shit. But it's like, but why? And then also they brought back Professor X for 
Multiverse of Madness, and he got his neck snapped telepathically by uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, which was a choice. <laughs> that if you want to see some like if you want to see actual like some a few and far between horror moments in a Marvel movie, Raimi did a great job with that in Multiverse of Madness. Well, no, it's like um, Black Bolt dies because she closed, like she takes his mouth away and he tries to open his mouth. So the back of his head explodes out. That's cool. Um, And there are a few moments in that movie that work in terms of horror, but it's it's not great all around. Uh, But yeah, Logan is, Logan, I saw that movie twice in theaters. There's another one where it's like, I have it on, on 4K. Didn't need a black and white version of it. And I think no. that it was like, I don't know what it is about people that make them think that a black and white version of the movie makes it seem classier because it's, it's not Kino. like it was like before Justice League and this, it was also like uh, Mad Max. Fury yeah, Road. I remember that too. Yeah, but it's so dumb because it just, I think some movies are just more interesting in color too. Yeah, arguably a Justice are... League movie would be more interesting in color. It's a shame we never got that at all. Like, <laughs> Fucking Zack Snyder. Uh, what's your next number one? seven? Right? Yeah, my number seven is this is a hard one. Uh, so it's Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. There was I was very tempted to make three of my choices: the three Lord, Lord of the Rings movies. And, and when we when I was like uh, when I was sitting down and setting up, I'm like, if he has three choices of his Lord of the Rings, we're gonna have a problem because I can't talk about Lord of the Rings that long. Yeah, that that's <laughs> so for this one. It, all, any any one of them could rotate in and add the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even I might say at some point that I all three of them could be in the top ten. I I love these movies so much. I love the books. I've I've read. I read Lord of the Rings at least once a year, and I've rewatched. I have all the extended editions. I've watched all of them. I've watched all of the. I've watched the director's commentary, the actors' commentaries, the effects commentaries. And the production commentaries for all of these movies. I've watched um, the director's cut of all three of them, and that's it. They're so I love them. I, I love everything about them. Um, I think this again, like the talking about miniatures, they they built huge miniatures, and that's why it still looks so good. So yeah, like the the Tower of Orthanc, um, and uh, Saruman's Tower, Isengard. All of those are they're like twenty foot tall miniatures. They're actually and they're huge and they're they're such well detailed miniatures that they could zoom in on them. And that's why they it holds up so well uh today when you watch it. So and they did really they re-released them in 4K recently where they updated some of the CGI so all of that looks better. And they added and scenes I, too, didn't they? No, they did they didn't add any scenes. Um that's all the same. The extended editions are still the extended editions. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought they added for, more to it. I think so. If when you watch some of the commentaries, this they talk about this. Mm-hmm. There's other things that were filmed that that were not, even in the extended editions were still not included, right. and that possibly in the 25th anniversary editions they might include those extra scenes. So there might be extended extended editions. Hmm. I would watch that. Yeah, I, I do love. love I do love these movies, and I think that it like what we talked about earlier with um, Empire Strikes Back. This did a lot for mainstreaming fantasy. For sure. It won, and, yeah, and the, mainstreaming, the the won so many Oscars. That's crazy. And mainstreaming hard fantasy, because Harry Potter isn't really a hard fantasy. It's a, it's a soft fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, this this mainstreamed a hard fantasy movie. And it's, it, like, it is so well done. And it's, 
it's the kind of thing where it's like we wouldn't have Game of Thrones as a series on HBO without this. For sure. And then like, how they filmed it is crazy where they filmed all three movies at once and mm-hmm. then went back and edited edited it. Like Which after. makes sense. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like that's the smart way to do it. If you're gonna if you have the budget for all three of them at the front, you get to do all of it and it saves you time and money to do it that way. Yeah. And it's it's I just find them so Eddie it's they change it a lot from the book, obviously, but I still think it's a really good job. You have to yeah, no, no Tom Bombadil. You can't, you can't have Tom Bombadil. You can't have the you can't have the scouring of the Shire where there's a mm-hmm. whole extra battle at the end with the. the I Sauron. didn't get to that part yet. Ah, sorry for the spoiler. I have not read. I've but read. But it's really good. It, the first it, two. It's basically they think everything's happy and they are like, oh, we're going back to the Shire, and then they get back to the Shire, and it's a whole clusterfuck, <laughs> and uh, and Saruman's fucking everything up. Like I um yeah I've I've only read the first two books I haven't read the third one yet but yeah I think now they're doing a new version of it they're rebooting it at Warner Brothers yeah that's gonna be horrible probably <laughs> <laughs> they can't take away the the originals though. see that's the thing it's like I don't so I, I, like, I'm not gonna get original I I won't get to I'll probably give it a shot just like I gave Rings of Power a chance I didn't like Rings of Power if I just don't like it. Then I'm not. I don't hate watch things. I'm just not yeah. gonna watch it. And then Which I is a smart on. thing to do. Anyone out there who hate watches something, you're not doing the right thing because all you're doing is you're giving ratings to them so they know to keep Jeez. doing it. That's yeah. why Velma got renewed for a second season. Yeah. No one liked Velma, but a lot of people hate watched it. And you're not doing anything good for yourself. If, if yeah. You're make, if you're just making yourself angry about shit, then yeah, you're not gonna feel good. So just it's easier just to ignore things and move on. Yeah, like it's like I didn't really. I, I don't think I even finished Rings of Power. I think I yeah, got like I was just like I'm now. I watched two episodes. And, and I was like I'm done. I just and I it's like, like I didn't this. like I don't have the the deep. I never wrote, I never wrote a review for it or commented on anything. About well, it. okay, let's not let's not act like that's a, a, a dividing line here because some of us <laughs> have to do that for work. But like, yeah. Um, well, I'm not going on like subreddits and being oh, yeah, like, you're not, this you're not sucks. Getting on I it. hate. This. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, but like I think the like, thing I is too is like the director. Like, for me, when I watched it, it's like, it wasn't something where I was like, this is something that I hate. I was just kind of indifferent on it, and it never really made the case for me to like it. Like, I'm not someone with a deep, like, nostalgic love for Lord of the Rings, because I only got into it fairly recently. Like, I I watched the movies fairly recently. I would say within the last 10 years, I watched the movies, and then... The books are not written. They're not very well written. They're very strangely written. Because Tolkien was not a writer. He was a a, a linguist, and he made these very strange books they don't really follow normal narrative patterns mm-hmm. they're written more like history books like history textbooks right than actual books a lot of things are told secondhand or like in a weird past tense instead of just showing you what happens which like okay but like at the same time it's like when i wa- when i watched rings of power it's like i don't care about any of this. like i, you, I don't yeah the rings of power just ruined it it's not it, based on any of it, the lore. it looked pretty like i'll give it that it, it was very nice looking like yeah they should have just created an original fantasy a high fantasy show see but the thing is you're not going to get the budget for it yeah that's that's like amazon's not going to give you the bu- the budget they gave rings of power because jupiter to ascending is so so bad yeah um my next one is from 1939 um the roaring 20s it's a movie with james cagney and uh humphrey bogart it's about these two guys who come back from world war one 
and it's the Roaring Twenties, so we're in the middle of Prohibition, and they can't find work. They're not getting help from Veterans Affairs or anything like that, so mm-hmm. they turn to crime, and their life unravels because then they start like uh, Cagney gets incarcerated. He comes out, and then on top of being a a, a veteran who can't who doesn't have any marketable skills, he also now has a criminal record. And the reason why this movie made my list is because if I ever got the chance to remake one movie, it would be this one. Because set, set in modern day or still set, set in modern times. Because everything about this movie aged, depending on how you look at it, so well or so poorly that we are almost 100 years after this movie came out and everything is exactly the same for people coming mm-hmm. home from war, people who are dealing with incarceration in their in their past. It is exactly the same situation we were in 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie, like, with, with some updates, I would say you can't do a prohibition, obviously, if you just have them you know with drug crimes yeah that would that, be an well. easy easy metaphor like like weed. It, yeah it works so well um and and it's it's like it was a hard choice i wanted to have one movie from from cagney on here because mm-hmm. i think for modern audiences he's an underrated actor okay and i think the thing is it's like him and like jimmy stewart like i think like when we went back way back at the beginning of the show when we did it's a wonderful life um you said like i hate jimmy stewart's voice because he's doing that old-timey voice and i'm like yeah but everyone does that voice because that's him because mm-hmm. they're mocking him or, or like aping him it's the same thing with cagney like yeah the, the tough guy voice comes from cagney in these old movies um so like it was like it was either this or white heat and i went with this one um, i really like white heat i've seen white heat before yeah that's like that, that there was another one. What was the other one? Best year, no, Best Years of Our Lives was not with Cagney, but that was another one that was close to making the list. Um, but yeah, this is, if, like, Footlight Parade is good, but it's a little problematic because there's a woman in, in, in yellow face in the third act. Um, what? It's a whoopsie. <laughs> and the movie also came out in 1930. It was a, it's a pre-code movie, so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta grade it on a scale, I guess. Yeah, like, that's true. Um, so yeah and um but yeah check out roaring 20 if you haven't seen Roaring, it's, it's definitely no, i haven't seen it before you probably can't stream it anywhere because there's this weird thing where it's like older movies you have to like wait for it to go on tcm otherwise you'll never be able to watch it um sometimes people upload them to youtube that's true because like we i had to rent when we did that movie years ago um young blood hawk i had to rent that on amazon oh okay. i don't remember that oh yeah we did that like in well, this is 2016. I think we did that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. Um, yeah, I had to rent that on Amazon. But yeah, a lot of these movies are hard to find. Um, and I would very much recommend to anyone out there who doesn't know about it, TCM. Uh, like, you can turn that channel on. There's always something good on. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're on seven? No, eight. Eight? Okay. For me, right? Yeah. Yeah, so my eighth one is No Country for Old Men from the Coen Brothers. That is a great movie. 2007. Uh, I love this movie. I actually just bought the book by Cormac McCarthy that Mm -hmm. it's based off of. Didn't he just die lately recently? Cormac McCarthy? Yeah. I don't think so. I think he just released a new book. If he died, I'd actually be bummed. I think he did. Didn't he also write Yeah, he did write that. Oh, no. Did he actually die? I think so, yeah. Oh, crap. (laughs) Um, and it's just wild with with this one. Oh that no, movie, he did. He, yeah, yeah, he died last month. Yeah. Oh shit. 
It's like that and um and there will be blood there will be blood in no country for old men came out in the same year are probably two of the best movies of the two thousands and they were oh, shot in the same city. I'll always associate them too. Yeah, because they were both up for best very... picture mm-hmm. and they were both like it was it was a split vote. Yeah, it's they're both very good. No country for old men, it's I just I haven't read the book yet, but I just bought it. Uh, he also wrote the book Blood Meridian, which is amazing. Um mm-hmm. that but the No Country for Old Men just like the combination of kind of like the thriller components and like the sociopathic killer, but then just the the drama and just like about aging and what it like how to age like amongst all basically this, this criminal element for mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones and just what being old is like. I don't know. It, it just it's done so well. And it's the Coen brothers are it's interesting how good they do across genres. And Javier Bardem is great in this movie. Like, yeah, he's amazing in it. Like Woody Harrelson. Um, oh yeah, uh, what's his name? He's also in Dune. James oh, yeah. Brolin. Oh, Josh okay. Brolin. Josh Brolin. Josh James Brolin's the father. That's it. Yeah, the father. Josh Brolin is in it. James Brolin was in Lightyear. He played Old Buzz from the future, who was actually I did not third. know he was still alive. Yeah. Um, also, Javier Bardem was also in in Dune, and he was in the worst effect shot that I've seen this year in a movie. Um, Little Mermaid. I didn't know he was in Little Mermaid. Yeah, he plays King Triton, which is a great choice, because, like, he's, like, he, he's got the physical presence for it, but at the end of the movie, there's a shot where she becomes human again, so she's on the boat with Eric, or whatever the hell the other mm-hmm. guy's name is, and he comes up to her, but he's, he's in the water, and they're looking down at him from this rowboat, and he's just sitting there like this, like treading water in front of them. And it's like, if you don't know he's a mermaid, you're like, this is just weird. It's a guy swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Like It's just weird. Like, yeah, but he's great in this movie. And and I think that like this movie elevated him somewhere because then he went from this to Skyfall where he was one of the best. He was modern really Bond good in Skyfall. Yeah. Like he was, no, he was the best modern Bond villain. Yeah. Definitely better than Rami Malek. Yeah. And, and Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's great in this movie. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but not for any particular reason besides it's it's this isn't one of those Dark Knight situations where it's like I've seen it once, I'm like, that's fine, I'm not gonna watch it again. It's just there's just so much to watch. I haven't gotten back gotten a chance to go back and rewatch movies. It's also not a very good it's not really a feel good movie. No, it's, it's not. Like it's one of those things where it's like you're like, let me get into the mindset to watch No Country for Old Men. Yeah, but I'm um, definitely because I'm gonna read I'm about to re- read the book, so I'm definitely gonna watch it again yeah. after I read the book. It's it is a great movie though. Um, what are we on? We're on seven now. No, no I think you're at your eight. Yeah, because yeah, my issue is I I didn't number them. Um, I guess I have it listed here, so I'm trying to do mental math in my head, and that doesn't work out for anyone. Um, my number eight is Slacker. Um, I want to have oh, Link, yeah. I want to have Link later on here somewhere, and um, because I also love before um before sunrise and and that whole trilogy um but slacker i think was is great it's it is the movie that when we talked about before with francis ha and we talked about mumblecore it's like we wouldn't have that without this movie this is kind of the first that did that and definitely clerks oh 100 percent. we don't have clerks without this movie all the time if you listen to kevin smith talk for longer than five minutes slacker comes up in conversation Mm -hmm. um but like this is and, and and that was why i went back and watched it like it's because he wouldn't shut up about it. That's why I went back and watched uh, Slacker. But it's it is well shot. It is interesting the entire way through, and it's just a movie about nothing, basically. 
Yeah. It's just people going about their lives and just talking about nonsense. And it's just, it is so good. Like, it hey, is. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I did watch this movie probably like two or three years ago. And yeah. I liked it much more. I kind of went in with it just blind, but I, I liked it a lot, much more than I thought I would. Yeah. It, it, but like, without this, we wouldn't have, I think, like last year we had Cha Cha Real Smooth, which was a movie that was kind of similar. And it's like, we wouldn't have this genre of movie without slacker mm-hmm. um and i think that like that alone like and it's the kind of thing where it's like it, it's it's funny it's, it's like but like not 100 percent funny the entire way through it's like it's a it's a nice mix, mishmash of various you know like moods and genres and i think that it works very well um yeah and the the it's yeah, it's funny, but just the characterization, like the anti-establishment person. Yeah, that's like what I, I also really like about it. There's, I've definitely, I've definitely interacted with people. There's definitely people from my high school I know that have become like that type of person. Yeah, um, and it feels real in that regard. It's like you, mm-hmm. like everything here, it, nothing feels fabricated, nothing feels scripted. Like if it came out that like he just walked around, uh, San, uh, where the hell was it, San Antonio or somewhere in Texas? If he just walked around with a camera and just recorded people, that would be like, I'd be like, all right, that tracks. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it feels like a very real, real world. Yeah. Um, what's your number nine? My number nine is the shining from yeah, again, that's not Stanley Kubrick. He, I think this is my only double director. Yeah. If this so Stanley Kubrick's the only person that got two on my top ten. Mm-hmm. I I would say Stanley Kubrick's probably my favorite director. Um, I for his movies I've rewatched them many times. Uh, especially The Shining is probably the one I've rewatched the most, and the one I've seen the most strange things uh, about too. Mm-hmm. So this is the movie of obviously that everyone knows that where Stanley Kubrick revealed that he faced yes. the moon landing and filmed the moon landing, and he actually made The Shining because to confess. Uh, about making them faking the moon landing. Yes, rather than um, just going public with it, he's like, let yeah, me make exactly. a movie where I do it. In he symbolism. wanted people to solve because no, they they would definitely not let him go public, so he had to make a movie. That's true. Um, so he, had, of course, he would decide to adapt Stephen King's book to show this. Uh, it all makes sense. That's why, if you in the opening scene when they show the parking lot, if you count up both cars in the parking lot, that the numbers equal like how many miles away the moon is from the Earth. So that. Of course, that means uh, he faked the moon landing. Right. I mean, what else? What other interpretation <laughs> is there? Um, yeah, it is. It is a great horror movie, The Shining. Yeah. Um, also, it's opened against Empire Strikes Back. Yes, and this is a great movie to show why the uh, the Razzies are stupid. Yes. And I, I think the Razzies are dumb, but they're very they're just stupid and mean spirited. Because this movie got like the Razzie for worst picture. Yeah. Like Jack Jack Nicholson got like worst actor and all it got shit on so much. And now but, it's like, considered one of the best horror movies ever. But like what was the movie with the like last year they nominated a kid for a Razzie and it's like why are you yeah, nominating it, a kid for a so, Razzie? It's it's so shitty and just like, like not and every and now, time now they like, do it to just try to be like they always nominate adam sandler and like yeah and they try to be clever about it and it's like adam sandler's had a few good performances in recent years and it's like like i i do love the shining though it is a like it is one of the few horror movies that i actually like i'm not a big horror movie person um yeah it's it's not really i, I wouldn't say like oh if you watch this movie you're gonna be scared out of your mind like it's, it's not just really tense it's good at building tension it's it like yeah it is um interesting like how the, the story develops 
the the effects are so good and it's it really it feels like the, this huge hotel that they do it doesn't feel like sets yeah um the the i like the book a lot too i've read the book multiple times uh there and obviously it changes a lot stephen king famously hates the movie yeah. but it, it's better it, it's, i think i think he's i think he's come around on it in recent years he's just kind of bitchy about adaptations i think yeah well when you do the the adaptation it's like they, they did a faithful adaptation yeah uh and, and that, that was sucks. not good <laughs> uh because stanley kubrick knew which effects will look good and which effects will look bad so he yeah. didn't get, make uh, hedge animals running around and fire hoses coming to life yeah um, and we didn't sit there for a half solid. hour explaining the ins and outs of how plumbing works yeah we don't need a boiler thing yeah. uh and if you watch this movie there's so many things going on in the background like chairs moving doors opening and closing there's yeah. so many little things that are going on it it makes it a lot it makes it i think has high rewatchability there's a furry um, getting blown i mean yeah there's there's yeah there's, <laughs> there's uh costume blowjobs yeah, this um, movie it, it, this feels like a, a SNL bit with that guy Stefan, where it's like this movie has everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's also like so many little details, um, like uh, like people how people's clothes, the coloring of clothes, like mirrors characters later on, like uh, people wearing blue and red or green, mm-hmm. and like so that's just... the kind of thing where it's like that's symbolism, where it's like we talk about like you know rewatchability and symbolism in movies yeah. it's like you don't really get a lot of that now and i'm smart enough where i can see where <laughs> like oh that that's, that's symbolism but i'm not smart enough to know what it is i so i can be like that's definitely there's like, something these, symbolic I can happening tell here that these, yeah like i know like in this past scene that the mom and this kid were wearing the same colored clothes but mm-hmm. now Jack Nicholson and the son are wearing the same colored clothes. I know that's something. I just don't know what it means. <laughs> See, and that's the thing too. It's like when I like that was something that like it took me a while to come around on with symbolism as a concept. Where it's like, like all through high school, it's like, oh, that 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 you're reading too deeply into it. And a, and a lot of times, people do read too deeply into it. But Especially a movie with like English, this, English yeah. teachers. Yeah, but like a movie like this, like it's designed from the ground up, and a, and a lot of movies are like that, where it's and like so intentional. Yeah, um, and this was just a a great movie all around. And I don't understand how people. Well, my mom doesn't like it. But my mom doesn't like horror movies in general, but um, it it is such a great like psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that that's really what works for it. Um, and I did hear because people critique people give is that. Jack Nicholson starts the movie off being crazy and he's just crazy the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I think like that's also more interesting because almost every movie like this, it is just a normal man being possessed and that right. happens over and over again. I think it's more interesting that it's it's more real too, where he is like on edge and like yeah. they don't have this perfect relationship and it's this like the last desperate attempt at making things work is that they're locking themselves away like in the middle of nowhere and just let's see what happens. Yeah. Um my number nine is on the polar opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 1959, Some Like It Hot. Oh, yeah, okay. I've seen this. Yeah, this is a... a good movie. It is, a, it is the best buddy comedy movie. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would put it up there for like, sure. And I think it's too, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like it, it works well and you don't get people getting pissy about it now, which is surprising, um, considering it's got the two guys and drag the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like it, it takes the... There, there's so much about the movie that's just so funny the entire way through. Marilyn Monroe has a great performance in it. Um, I think she's an underrated actress. I think a lot of people just think of her as a model, but you know when she does act and she has these like this, 
uh, Seven Year Itch, um, How to Marry a Millionaire. She, and she's she, funny. Yeah, she's a great it's comedic actress. Um, and the thing is, too, like, she plays dumb very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she was as dumb as she played in movies. No, it's kind of, it's well. definitely people take that acting as being like, oh, that's actually how dumb she is yeah, in and real she, life. And she's really good in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Questionable to have Anna de Armas play her. Um, I saw her in the the last movie she did before she died. She kind of looked like Anna de Armas a little bit, but it was yeah. That movie was weird on a few levels. Um, blonde, but yeah, this is you know Tony Curtis is great in this movie too. Um, and like the ending is just fantastic, where it's like they're off on the boat at the very yeah. And the end. guy he reveals it to the guy. He's like. All right, I'm a man. I'm a man. I like we can't get married. I'm a man. And he's like, well, nobody's perfect. Like that is yeah. <laughs> such a great ending to that movie. Um, and it's like a I lot... think I think why it gets away with it is because it's so absurd and so yeah. over the top, and it's not making fun of that. It's like making more fun of just the situation, not the, yeah the people. They like, not saying like look at these like... like gross like freaks that are dressed. Yeah, up. yeah, and it's like, and they obviously don't look like women. Yeah, it's, it's and so, everyone just kind of buys into the the illusion, and it's like this is just so weird, but it, it it's so funny the entire way through. Like it, it's yeah, it's the only it's one of the few. Com- I'm not a big comedy person, um, but this is one of the few comedies I do like, like straight comedies. Like yeah, that's like my that's something my list was missing. I guess is not really any. Because I was thinking about funny like, stuff, but yeah, nothing. Not, not a straight up comedy. Like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles might be the only other one that I really like. Really like, mm-hmm. um, or Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Um, my one of mine that I almost put was Super Bad for in my top. I don't think I've ever seen Super Bad. I love. You should watch it. I it came it, because of our age and when it came out, you mm-hmm. relate a lot to it, especially all the high school stuff. Okay, yeah, I don't think I what was it oh eight oh nine that movie came out. Yeah, like I I I never sat down and watched that movie in its entirety. It's very but, good. And I think the thing is too, when you talk about like the modern comedy, modern movies being comedies, it's not a good track record mm-hmm. of just straight comedy movies in the last twenty years. No, there especially today, there's not really good. No, just like, straight comedy, like that new dog movie with Will Ferrell. I have no desire to see. I'm gonna see it. Um, because there's gonna be a beware of spoilers episode about it. Yeah, but besides, I will not that, be on that episode. No, but besides that, it, it's like I like there are a few things where it's like I think it could work if Will Ferrell plays the 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 naive of the dog that could be pretty funny. Like at one point, it's like they all get drunk and they're all humping lawn ornaments. Yeah, like and 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 Jamie Foxx says, "Oh yeah, tell that gnome um, you're his daddy." And then and Will Ferrell's like, "Hello, gnome, I'm your father." It's nice to meet you in this weird circumstance. Like, if that's how they play the movie, it could be funny, but I don't think they're going to. No, I bet that's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Yeah. In the trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't think, like, theater camp was awful. Um, oh, really? I was. Yeah. Because, uh, so like, they, they, I, they couldn't commit to making fun of the theater people because Ben Platt's in the movie and he didn't let that happen. First. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and at, like, the whole thing is like the him and the girl he's with, like he's gay, but like they're like best friends, and like she's been holding back her career because of him, mm-hmm. and it's like it's so dumb because like then it's like it, like she gets a better job and he's like it's okay you can go and it's like the point of this movie is that it's not your choice whether or not she does that, but then he's controlling if she can yeah and it's like it's happen. okay you can go off and do your own thing now it's like but that's not the point of the movie, um 
But that's Ayo Edabari is really funny in it though, but there's not enough of her because she's the straight man to all the antics of the uh of the like the theater people because she uh-huh. like when they intro like we need to hire a new teacher and when they introduce her it's like whatever her character's name is, light on resume. So like <laughs> she's not really a theater person. Um but she's acting like it, it's really funny. Uh, but besides that, the movie's not great. Oh damn. Okay, right, I'll probably yeah. see that then. Or maybe I'll wait for it to come on streaming. Yeah, that's the best way to watch. It'll be on Peacock at some point in the near future. Um what's your last one? My last one, we, we talked actually about it a little bit, is uh-huh. There Will Be Blood from Tom oh, okay. and Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is like a I think more so to No Country for Old Men, I think this is like a modern epic for a movie. Yes, I'll agree with that. It's and it it's so so strange too, a very weird pacing. Like the characters are kind of inconsistent where you don't really know exactly what's going to happen with like him and the son and like how they're going to evolve and grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending is amazing where it like builds and uh, that's when the, the title pays off because there, there will be blood eventually. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, this one's also based off a book, which mm-hmm. I also bought recently because I, because I always connect no country for old men and there will be blood. When I mm-hmm. bought the no country for old men book, I was like, I'm going to buy the oil, which is what there will be blood is based off of. So yeah. I'm going to read that too. That's by Upton Sinclair. I think it's a very loose adaptation. I think No Country for Old Men is more a direct adaptation. Right. Um, but this is great. I think that this is my favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movie too. Um, yeah. I can't think of another one that I would like better. Yeah, I think Reese, I think, and that's in my personal opinion, I think this is also Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. Oh, no, um, that's, I, that's, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I think, what well, like Boogie Nights maybe? Yeah, I, I like Boogie Nights. Um, I think this one sh- is more creative, though. Yeah. Things for me, for them, Boogie Nights. I think The Master is really good. I just rewatched The Master a couple days ago, actually. Licorice Pizza was not great. I like The Master. I haven't seen Phantom Thread or Licorice Pizza, but I want to watch those. Licorice Pizza is a little weird because it's like there's no real reason why um, the girl is like 28 and the kid is like 16. Mm-hmm. besides the fact that I'm like 85% certain that Paul Thomas Anderson wanted to fuck his babysitter as a kid. Yeah, that the, the movie just seems like Paul Thomas Anderson making a movie about what his childhood was like. Yeah, like... It's, and not, not really a, one of his movies where it's this like really intense, amazing movie. Like The best the scene in the movie is, is the, the John Peters scene. With uh, Bradley Cooper? Yeah, it's the best part of the movie. Um... But yeah, I do love There Will Be Blood. It's a great... Paul Dano's in it, too. He's really good. Yeah, he's awesome in it. Um, it is confusing, the twin stuff, because they're never in the same scene together. Yeah. But it's still... That, yeah, that so saves some money in the effects budget. That's true. And there is a famous thing where to get any action to be in your movie, give them a good death scene or let them play uh, twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is... And he gets to do both. <laughs> it's a. It is a great movie that one what was that oh six both of those came out that and uh no, no 2007 oh okay that that um yeah it is just overall it's just one of the like like we said earlier it is that those two movies are two of the best movies of the 2000s and they both came out in the same year and they were shot in the same city yeah and they both have really weird soundtracks too yes i think no country for them might not have a soundtrack or, I haven't like, watched will, that movie in a long time. There will be blood soundtrack doesn't start until like an hour into the movie. Yeah. 
Um, it's yeah, it's a really good movie. Mine, my, my my last one's a little bit more of a of an upper than uh than there will be blood. Um, this one you might mock to. Um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I saw it when you said you had other comic book movies. That was my guess. That would be yeah, on it. That one because what was it? Um, and and I, again, part of this was. I was anticipating Josie being on, so when I made my picks, I was like, what will win her favor and not get me laughed at by her? Because <laughs> that was the goal. Was She she couldn't figure out what her top ten movies were um, with six months' notice. So I was like, look, how about this? If you, you have to watch on, every movie. Yeah, first. every movie in the history of humanity you got to sit down and watch. So, so then there, you can decide. How about this? If you can come on, what we'll do is you'll just make fun of us for our picks mm-hmm. because like that would put her in a good position. And she's like, okay, and then she couldn't make it. So here we are. But uh, Into the Spider-Verse, I think this is this is a movie that is fairly recent. It came out in 2018. Um, but the thing is, we're already seeing the impact of this on animated movies as a whole. Like the Teenage Mutant um, Ninja Turtle one. Which wasn't as good by a long shot. But, the animation looked very bad Oh, it is the Spider-Man one. I didn't hate that because it's like when you watch it, it's like it's very obviously meant to look like it's sketches in someone like a kid's notebook. Yeah, like that's what it's designed to look like. And it's like the the dark gets contrasted with a lot of neon. So it looks kind of cool. But like the this is the first real 2D, 3D hybrid movie um, that kind of sets itself apart from a lot of what Disney was doing at the time. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't just look like CGI. Yeah. Animation. Um, which is like when they announced they're doing an animated Spider-Man movie about Miles Morales, that was my concern. I was like, oh, this is going to look the same. But it's, there's, it is so funny, this movie. It, it, it has a lot of great emotion to it. Like that sequence of, of Miles jumping off the building is one of the best sequences in a comic book movie period um, at the, toward the end of the movie, at the beginning of the third act. Uh, the fight with Kingpin is great. Uh, the movie has a Sinister Six that it really works. Um, like the the reveal of doc ock is fantastic um because it's like they introduce this woman this dr olivia and then like you get into her office and you see everything in there is kind of hexagon shaped mm-hmm. or octagon shaped and then it's like when she captures the peter parker from the other universe it's like um she goes oh my name is dr olivia octavius and then she reveals the suit <laughs> and it's like oh this is Great, and it's and it's Catherine Hahn voicing her. Oh, uh, I like Catherine Hahn. Yeah, she's really good in that. Um, you, you might like Wandavision. If you like Catherine Hahn. There's a lot of her in Wandavision. She's um, also in series of unfortunate events. The original or the the new, new one? one? She's in the. She was in the. She's out the optometrist. Oh in the, right. In the the miserable mill. Yes, I watched that show. I remember the first season vividly, but I don't remember the seasons after that. I liked it. Did they, I kind of remember it. In the I book, also reread the books. Oh, okay. In the book, did they reveal who it was that was killed by the lion? Like, was it always the same person as Sarah Rue played throughout all of them? We're getting off topic. I don't know. Like, I don't think that was the case in the books, where it's like Sarah Rue. They Rue's got pushed character. into the lion pit. Yeah. In the ninth, in the ninth, the carnival yeah. book. I think it was. It was the fortune teller lady, right? But like the fortune teller was not the same person that they kept interacting with between five and nine. No, they only go. They go to her. They end up at the carnival. Yeah, but she. I don't think she's in any other of the, the books at all. 
No, but in the in the show, they meet her at the. the oh no, that's true. Yeah, they 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 really expand on the uh, secret organization stuff much yeah. earlier on, which is much better. In the the books, they don't mention the VFD thing until the uh, the uh, academy, the Austere Academy, yeah. and it's just written on a piece of paper, and it's really not important until like the ninth Seven. or tenth. Yeah, and it's even then they barely talk about it. So it, it, that's that's a bad part about the books, is it? Yeah. I, and I think the thing is too. Dumped. We're getting off topic again, but like the 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 big reveal at the beginning, where it's like they're tracking the two, that they're tracking Maria Hill and and Will Arnett, um, in the beginning, and it's like we don't know who these people are, and then it's like it seems like it's their parents, and then it, the reveal is that they're the parents of the the triplets. It's like that is such a great twist. Yeah, I I don't think that's in the book at all either. No, it's not. Um. But yeah, that back to back to Spider Man. Um, mm-hmm. The this is like with we don't have the the great like when we look now, one of the best animated movies that come out recently. Um, it's a lot of these movies that are in this same kind of style, like Puss in Boots: The Last Wish is one of the better animated movies of the last few years, um, and it sets up Shrek Five. Um, there, uh, even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles visually is not terrible, um, but like the the anomaly that we have in terms of big animated movies that look kind of similar are the illumination ones but besides that all these mm-hmm. other studios are going into this more 2d 3d style which looks fantastic and it's more interesting as well and it lets you do more and there are so many small little quirks with the animation like they animate uh miles just out of sync with everyone until the end of the movie because he's not quite in tune with his powers. Yeah, isn't his like frame rate different? Yeah, his or frame rate a little slower than everyone else. Yeah, that's a nice. That's a little. That's a nice little touch. Like, um, and then it's like in in the new one, like he's in sync with everyone, but um, Spider Punk is a little bit faster mm-hmm. than everyone because he's anti-establishment, so he likes to do things by his own beat. So he's a little bit different from everyone else. Um, and then it's like the. The the whole Sinister Six fight at at Aunt May's house is great, um, because it, and it's it's a Sinister Six that like Tombstone. Why why was like who cares about Tombstone? But they put Tombstone in this movie and he's great. Um, and and Liev Schreiber does a great performance as Kingpin. I didn't know he was in that. That's yeah. Funny. Um, and Jake Johnson is the ultimate Spider Man. Yeah. And and Chris Pine is the Peter Parker who dies. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, the the first Peter Parker they introduced who ends up getting murdered by Kingpin is Chris Pine. And I think Zoe Kravitz is Mary Jane. It's not a really big cast. Um, that is huge. I didn't know that many people were in it. Nick Cage as uh and, and Nick Cage, like apparently he did the readings for Noir like normal. And mm-hmm. then they're like, Can you they asked him like, Can you like cage it up? And he's like, Oh, you want the full cage? And that's why you get the performance you do in this movie where he's just over the top ridiculous it's so mm. funny and and john mulaney is also really good as he plays spider ham oh yeah that's funny yeah and um he's all his stuff is hand drawn like all the stuff with spider ham is hand drawn because mm. it's meant to look like a 19 like 40s cartoon that's like a good tunes those are nice all those little touches that you can tell the people cared about it when they were making it yeah and it's like this movie is better than across the spider-verse but again, we have that issue where Across the Spider-Verse is very clearly part one of two, because it ends with, we'll be back with Beyond the Spider-Verse, um, which is coming out allegedly at some point in the future, but it's removed from the release slate as of right now. Um, 
but yeah, this is like, and, and the thing is too, it's like, I, I talked about it a lot when, when I did the Santa clauses because I sometimes hate my job. And <laughs> the, when I did the Santa clauses, it's, it was kind of like the first Santa Claus is, um, he, the Santa falls off the roof and then Scott, um, picks up the suit and just becomes Santa Claus through like a, a virus or something. Yeah. Um, but then in the new one, there's like a Benny Jesuit breeding program to get him to be Santa Claus. That's so weird. I don't know yeah. why they changed that. It's such a weird retcon, but it's like it's like the opposite of Spider Verse, where it is like like that whole thing with anyone can wear the mask. And I think Stanley's cameo in this one hit very hard in the theater because the cameo was right after he died, and it's like he is the guy who sells Miles the suit. Oh yeah, that's a uh, that's nice. And he's like, it's like the he's talking to him, and he's like, oh yeah, I was a friend of Spider Man. Um, and then he tries to, and he's like, but what if the suit doesn't fit? And he's like, the suit always fits eventually. And then he points to a sign behind him, and it says no refunds. <laughs> like, which is such a Stanley thing. It's 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 just a great movie all around. If you haven't seen uh, Into the Spider Verse and you've listened yeah, to this show, I don't know what you like because not just you but like people who listen to this show all i talk about is this is one of the best animated mo- like i think animated movies have been more mature lately which is i think part of why i didn't like teenage mutant ninja turtles that much mm-hmm. is that we're starting to get more to like the animated movie is more for everyone not just for kids but mutant mayhem felt very much this is for kids um so what honorable mentions did you have okay so super bad was one okay hold on um pill bill was another one like oh that's a good one uh and it's a mad 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 world that's a great one too and so those are actually some comedies on there i those are i love all those i guess on criterion it's a mad 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 world it's it's great that one is one that does feel a little bit long in parts but yeah it's fun just how many people are in it and it's just interesting yeah like for me it's like i don't have movies that are like you know I, I can't really think of any movies that i didn't make my list like close would have been like infinity war with a very close one but like mm-hmm. it, it, i didn't want to have too many comic book movies on there and it lost out to the ones that did make it um and it also felt redundant with empire strikes back yeah i guess yeah that's true too um because it doesn't do what empire strikes back does as well um another one that was kind of redundant um chasing amy almost made the list oh wow that's um, i do really like that movie um, and I think Tusk. it. I was close to putting Tusk. That movie, I think, if you go into it knowing what you're going, what you're getting into, it is really good. But if you go into it expecting a hard horror movie, you're not going to be entertained. I think a lot of people thought it was went into that hoping movie. for horror. Yeah. Are you excited for Tusk too? No, I'm kind of disappointed that he's doing a Tusk too. I I don't know how good that's going to be. It's, I don't think it's going to be good. Um, he pitched it as apparently the reason why is that they're interested in doing it because Tusk has gotten like a cult following, which is weird considering that like he's like a cult director as it is. Yeah, it's a cult of a cult. Yeah, so it's it's a sub cult. Like I I don't understand how, whatever they're doing a Tusk two allegedly. Um, we still haven't gotten Moose Jaws, but we're getting a Tusk two. Yeah, I I want Moose Jaws. That'd be more fun. Yeah, yeah. but they apparently parts of Moose Jaws got cut into the other stuff because like. There's that scene in Reboot where they're in the courtroom and Jay starts doing the Glengarry Glen Ross bit. That mm-hmm. was from Moose Jaws, where they go yeah. in to do the scene where, where in Jaws he's, he's given the speech about the thing, but Jay gets the scene wrong 
and Jay does the scene from Glen Gary Glen Ross instead. That's funny. Okay. Um, but apparently Jay and Silent Bob are not in Moose Jaws anymore. Oh, that sucks. That's yeah. stupid. Did you see Clerks Three yet? No, I haven't seen. I've seen reboot. I haven't seen Clerks Three. Clerks Three. I think the the ending is really good at Clerks Three. Reboot. Um, I did not think was that good. No, reboot's not good. <laughs> I did not enjoy reboot. Um, but Clerks Three, the ending is really good. I'll have to watch Kirk's three. Yeah. Don't tell me what happens. I'm not gonna. I, no, I'm not gonna tell you what happens. It is when I say that, like I almost cried in the theater. Uh, it's because they do something that every time will choke me up. Mm. Um, another one that almost made it for me. Um, Avatar almost made it, and Avatar wouldn't have made it if I didn't see it in 4K in a theater last year. Um, but when avatar came out it was easy to dismiss as like oh this is just science fiction nonsense like mm -hmm. we aren't like this anymore because it was like it's 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 dances with wolves but with yeah. like and in 2009 we were in a different place than we are now and it was easy to be like oh no 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 we've progressed since then we wouldn't do this if we came across another alien planet watching it now you're like oh 100 percent, this is what would happen if we found an alien planet with people living on it like, yeah and i like it like it goes into like corporatization of everything yeah and it's like, not the army it's like the corporations military. yeah like and did you see there uh not there will be water <laughs> the way of water uh, <laughs> the oh way, yeah you, i, I like the way of, i like the way of water i i think that i would have liked the way of water more if i didn't watch avatar three months right prior before, yeah. the issue of the way of water is what you were saying with the setting part two part movie setting yes. up because it's that was the whole end of the way of water was just setting up for the next movie yeah and it's like if you watch that movie after watching avatar you're like oh it's just the same movie but with water animals instead of forest animals yeah basically and it's, like, and it's like and the whole thing is like oh no a whaling ship with 10 people or see, and, that's, and, and that's the other <laughs> issue i have with this nonsense and, and that's the thing too number one fuck you james cameron for making me watch the third act of titanic again because the, it is oh, yeah, the sinking ship yeah and on top of that too it's not just that but at one point they're all at the top of it as it's sinking and they're all like hanging on here and it's the same dialogue from titanic oh well I, that's so funny i didn't even think i caught that. that in the theater and i was i i, I was like oh fuck you like because it's like as they're as the thing's going down it's like i forgot who it was one of the one of the blue people is hanging out the other blue people is like stay with me stay with me and i'm like that's what jack says to rose as they're yeah, as it's going underwater, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> but like, I never the, even thought about that. But and my other question is, if they, how long did they know about these whales with immortality in their brainstem? Because like, I feel like forget the uh, unobtainium. That should be what you're going after, because it feels a lot easier to get than the unobtainium. And it also, they don't explain that. They're just like, "Oh yeah, we're hunting whales now." Yeah, and they they make it seem like that's a crucial step in terraforming the planet yeah is hunting whales and it's like the next one they go to the fire nation so that's gonna be cool yeah then and it's like okay well it is like set up all the like the one avatar girl is good at see and that's the thing too I, I on the one hand i do have to give it to cameron for hearing criticism and then doubling down on a decision that got criticized because yeah. it's like the movie's a white savior movie like we can't really get it like it's not like dune where dune's not really a white savior movie this is very clearly a white savior movie yes and then to have it be like okay you know what you had a problem with that well now the planet artificially inseminated one of these people and now that girl is the same as the previous girl but she's also the god of the planet now so fuck you yeah 
Like that, like so. On the one hand, I respect it. Like I it, like how he completely people were. It was like, well, people don't care about Avatar anymore. It's not going to make any money. Like this is why yeah. we're doing this. And he's like, I don't care. I built my own studio. Fuck you. And it exactly. ended, ended up making like so much money. Yeah, it ended up like the third highest grossing movie yeah. of all time. It's like yeah. I think the top three movies are like Avengers and then Cameron Cameron. Yeah. Like, it, no, I, it, I appreciate that, but I wish he would just make other movies though, because it's interesting when he goes out, cr- crosses genres, or goes into something new. I, I hope that when they do Avatar three, which I think comes out in two years, I hope it's something different. I yeah, hopefully that's what he's setting up. Because the thing is, it's like if I go to see Avatar three and it's Avatar one and two, but with fire creatures instead mm-hmm. of water creatures and uh, forest creatures. I'm uh, not going to see Avatar. I'm going to roll my eyes. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to be like ice creatures or earth creatures or something. Well, this one, this one's definitely fire. We know it, they go to a volcano with they're, angry they're fire like, people. They're like mean fire people. Yeah, like so. You know, good for him. But if you do it a third time, I'm not showing up a fourth. I mean, well, I am from for work, but I'm like <laughs> but general audiences. General audiences are not showing up for that. Yeah, I it's like. It's like me preparing to see Blue Beetle this year, and it's like DC has burned me twice out of two this year so far. Like, and yet here I am ordering my ticket for Blue Beetle, like as if that has a chance of being good. Um, the Batman almost made my list, but oh, I think yeah. the the third act sinks the Batman for me. This yeah, the flooding and shooting stuff. Is Which like on one hand, it's like the the him rescuing people from the flood is some of my favorite Batman moment moments in a movie. It's a good message. Yeah, like I just it's how they get there is just dumb. Yeah, because it's like I I think too it's like Riddler has a solid point throughout the entire and, and I think I sent you that article from Hard Drive where it's like the bad guy has a good point through ninety percent of the movie, then all of a sudden he becomes evil. Yeah, so they have to make him super evil. So you yeah, know and it's he's like bad. It's like oh he's gonna flood Gotham, but like what about all the and, poor people who are living in and basement plan apartments? a mass and plan a mass shooting? Yeah, and assassinate someone who seems like they're on his side. Like, yeah, that's the that's thing too. Too. like the mayor he should be supporting to... the new mayor yeah the new mayor is very clearly an outsider it's like you haven't seen her do anything and they make no case in the movie um that she is gonna do something against him but like that that's something you should put there mm-hmm. um and then but that said like the whole thing in the middle of the movie where they do the reveal that the the arkham family is where martha wayne came from like They've never done that before, and it's yeah, such a fun. genius thing to to do for how entwined they are in Gotham's DNA. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what else that almost put on. The, well, I said Ratatouille almost made the list. Um, that that's a that's pure nostalgia though, because it's I don't mm. think it's a great movie, um, but it's it's you know it's pure nostalgia if it made the list. Um, I think that's all I had that almost made it. Um, so I had a question before we wrap up. Do you have a comfort TV show or video game? Like a TV show or video game that you play repeatedly or watch repeatedly? Because this is a common thing people are talking about now. Uh, for not a video game, um, I definitely have video games I like playing. Or I guess I replay a lot like Bat Star, the old Battlefronts, Star Wars Battlefronts. Yes. Uh, Left 4 Dead. Uh, I don't play them that often, though. Um, for TV shows, I rewatch... Uh, I used to rewatch The Office a lot, but now I, I don't have Peacock. Um, but I definitely Seinfeld is a big one. Seinfeld's a good one. Uh, I, I used... just watch it, random episodes of Seinfeld. I've recently gotten into Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, I never went. But I've watched that when I was on TV, but I never went back to it. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah, like... I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. 
As long as they yeah. don't get too into the kids in a subplot, like the kids is like they they give the kids too big uh, of the a twins. Role. Yeah, the twins and the especially daughter. later on when they get a yeah. little bit older. Yeah, they give them too big of a role sometimes. But like when as long as they're not there, it's it's as long as they focus on the 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 parents and Ray and his, and Ray and Deb, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other Parks and Rec is one that I've fallen into recently too. Yeah, that was good. The only thing I don't like about Parks and Rec is how like uh, outrageous it ends up getting where it almost becomes like a fantasy show i think the last season is where it kind of goes off the rails where it's like five years in the future that's so dumb yeah that's it's like okay great she's a senator now like which would be fine if it were like we got to see her do that mm-hmm. yeah it's it's propaganda to make people think the government is good too. yeah like the the whole season where she is in the city council that one's it's really just good. so funny. Like yeah. them trying to, like they they put her on trial for some nonsense that's very clearly meant to be making fun of the Benghazi hearings. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah, hers, the her endpoint should have been like the mayor of that town yeah. because she was so hyper obsessed with the town. Mm-hmm. That should have been the end of the show was her becoming mayor, and like that's her fulfillment. But like, the thing is, too, it's like, I don't think, no, she didn't become senator. She became head of, like, the region of the of the National Park Service. Oh, I thought she was, yeah, became, I don't know why. No, toward the end, it's like, they want Ben to run for the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, we never see him actually do that. And then when they do the flash forward at the end, when they finally kill off Jerry when he turns, like, 100. Yeah. Like, when they get to that, and they're at the funeral... We see them with Secret Service, but they don't say who the Secret Service is for or what their okay. role was to earn the yeah, Secret I Service. I don't think I've watched it in a long time, so that's it, probably why. It ages, very, like, I think Ron's arc is pretty solid. Yeah, his is good. Um, I think that, that's another good show. But, like, for me, it's, like, for video games, like, I've been playing a lot of, like, what was it? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom I've been playing a lot of lately. Um, I've been playing you, a lot of Pik- Pikmin. Yeah, I've I've been meaning to get into that again. I've been trying to one hundred percent Pikmin two, but that's the longest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I start Pikmin four. Yeah, it is. Uh, that when they did they cut out all the license stuff in Pikmin one and two for the yes, re-releases. People are enraged by that. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't really care or notice. I don't care if the bottle cap that I'm picking up says Coke. It says Coke. Yeah, the batteries at Duracell. Yeah, it does not affect the game. But, like, my question is, if I'm Nintendo, why wouldn't you reach out to the companies to try to re-up the deal? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they just, they just want to, like, get this out as fast as possible. That's probably it. Um, but, yeah, I did, uh, and I keep going back to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which is mm-hmm. some of the jankiest games I've ever played in my life. <laughs> but I still play them a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I bought I bought Kingdom Hearts for my computer. Like, on Steam? No, on Epic. Well, yeah. So, oh, yeah. oh, that's funny on Epic. Yeah, it's only on the Epic Game Store. You have to get it through mm-hmm. the Epic Game Store. Um, and it runs moderately well as long as you play with a controller. I don't understand how people play controller-based games with keyboard and mouse. Um, yeah. I don't understand how anyone plays games with keyboard and mouse, but you can play with a controller. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I like doing it sometimes. I don't know. I go like, because I, I get bad and I'm like, oh, it's because I'm using this and I'll switch between keyboard and the controller I... until I get frustrated. The only thing I found works better is Battlefront. Works better, especially Battlefront 2, because it doesn't auto-map the controller. Yeah, it's easier um, to aim, I think. It's easier to aim with point and click, but like the everything else, it's like if it was designed to be played with a keyboard, 
play it the way God intended it. Yeah, um, exactly. the developer, yeah. Well, I mean, developer, God. Who God, same thing. <laughs> um, what was it? The uh, So we will wrap up there for today because I need to go food shopping. And it is 3.15. Um, I think the next big thing we have is probably the year in review, unless there's something else you want to come on for coming out in the future. Um, I don't know what other big movies there are. Unless, well, we're going to do a Dune episode. I can guarantee Obviously. that. Yeah, the Dune episode is, is the big event at this point. Um, and I will... We Do you think you're going to be done with the last two Dune books in the mainline, trilogy, the mainline series? I'll just say, if I get motivated to read them, I will. Yeah, that's going to be a tough motivation. Let me just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I know the movie probably won't acknowledge any of that. No, I don't. I, I, I would be... I would be surprised if the movie acknowledges I'd anything be past Messiah. <laughs> like, like if they, because like the thing is, there's, there is a clear point, not to spoil people who haven't read the book, but there is a clear point in the movie where they could acknowledge God Emperor. It'd be interesting. I, I would like that. But they're not going I, to. There is a fun theory I heard, because in the very beginning of the first movie, it opened, before anything, it opens with that weird voice saying dreams are messages from the deep. Yeah, and then then that that voice is uh, Leto, the God Emperor. It could be, but I don't think that I don't think they'll ever confirm that. But that's a fun theory. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see what's it called. I'd be interested to see how they play that out. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we have Dune, and then we did we weren't big on Hunger Games, so that's not one we got to do again. Um, no, I never was that interested. Yeah, and, not my and, not my jam. And then we got the year in review at the end because it's August. But if there's anything else that comes out that you want to come on and talk about, just let me know. We can mm-hmm. work out a recording schedule. Because um, me and Josie are continuing to do the um, exploring hyperspace lanes. Um, if she can give me her schedule. Because um, she's got a big event coming up um, that she's very cagey about. Um, I'm not entirely sure why because she doesn't use her real name anyway. So who gives a shit? But she uh she's very cagey about it but that's coming up within the next few months so that does hold us back from what she can do but Mm. she's notorious not good at communicating (laughs) um like today she's not working i texted her two hours ago and she hasn't texted me back um so yeah but i think the next one we're doing is revenge of the sith oh yeah that's the the best Um, of the prequels yeah, and we're gonna have fun with that one because like there 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 are a lot of things in that movie. If you think about it too hard, that one almost made my list too. By the way, really, that I was a that was a nostalgia I pick. I would have judged you a lot. That was a nostalgia that. pick because like that movie, I wore the DVD out as a kid. That was probably like what you have for Jurassic Park. That was mm-hmm. me for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I definitely wore out the VHS of Jurassic Park. Yeah, that movie, like it it is absolutely the dumbest fucking movie on the planet, but it. I still love that movie. Like, it's the only one that I can sit down and watch all the way through the prequels. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but we'll be back with all of that in the near future. So until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.